It's Bernie and Sid in the morning on the world famous Talk Radio 77 WABC. Father, Father, we don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the answer. For only love That's right, folks. Bernie and Sid, we're here in the middle of Manhattan, as we have been for the past past four years. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, but the last three months, but this has ha- been a war zone between we, the pandemic and the riots. Sydney and I have not missed a day. No. Right here in the middle of the, uh, the ugliness. Every single day, and uh, we wouldn't have it any other way on the Bernie and Sid Show. Again, we're heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. You can download it. You should. It's easy. It's a great listen. Uh, Yesterday, the uh, mayor, former mayor of New York, America's mayor, Giuliani, made some news, and he said that uh, Governor Cuomo should remove Bill de Blasio. And then uh, from there, things just got uglier during the day because, uh, of course, the night before, Monday night, was a horrific night, in, uh, unlike any night we've ever seen in New York City. Uh, since, I would say, let's see, I would say uh, the Civil War. There were, there were some horrible riots during the Civil War. What year was that now? That was, uh, I believe that was 1863. Because they're going to tell you that it wasn't that far back. It was really 1943 with the uprising in Harlem when Mayor LaGuardia had to, in fact, install a curfew. That was the last curfew, 1943, before Monday night. So that, that's what some of the historians will tell you, that 1943 was comparable to what we saw Monday possible, night. Possible. The uh, Civil War riots uh, went on for days, and uh, hundreds of people died. <laughs> but uh, it was really bad. Well, that's bad. a big difference. That, only, only five people died in 1943. And, and uh, honestly, uh, as horrific as it was the other day, and it's, you know, it's 2020. You would never expect it to happen. Uh, uh, nobody died. No. Nobody, nobody died. died here. You know, no. a piece of good news, one of the arsonists, one of the protesters, I should say, one of the rioters, the looters, uh, tried to blow up in Philadelphia, tried to blow up an ATM machine, and he blew himself up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, isn't that too bad? That's so awful. Hey, you know, speaking of uh, lunacy here, I'm going to get to Cuomo and de Blasio in a second. All of these looters, all of them, Every single one of them that was arrested Monday night, free to go. Oh, you, I know. You get yeah. arrested, free to go. It's a burglary charge, so it's, uh, it, it's, it's covered under the no-cash-bail law of Governor Cuomo. Every single looter that broke into Macy's and all the, the high-end stores up and down Fifth Avenue, down in Soho, all freed, thanks to Governor Cuomo. Yeah, I know. Well, uh, Terrence Monaghan, NYPD chief, maybe two in charge, I guess. He voiced that yesterday. Like, what good is going out there and arresting all these folks if the very next morning they're going to be out anyway? I mean, there are so many layers to this that Governor Cuomo and Bill de Blasio have really screwed up. So many layers dating back to even before the pandemic that made these last two instances, the pandemic, Bernard, and the riots, ten times worse than they should have ever been. That's right. Ten times but, worse. But, but, but stuff uh, uh, that we were not oblivious to. I mean, we've been talking and screaming about it and highlighting it uh, to, to the point of tedium, you know. But here it, it's come to manifest itself, and you know, in real terms, you're letting you're letting looters out of jail to go out and loot some more, which they did last night, but not to the extent they did on Tuesday night. Now, uh, you're right, because of the curfew. I mean, the well, curfew yeah. definitely helped. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, let's listen to Bill de Blasio. This is what he says about the curfew. Cut seven. 
It may, it may not be working. You know, you, sometimes things don't work. <laughs> like so, the city. Yeah, like the city. <laughs> like the mayor. Which, which by sometimes the way, he doesn't work. And, and poor Matt Meany, who str- is struggling to find Bill de Blasio cut seven, like myself. Uh, well, I didn't come in until this morning at 5.30. Normally, I come in at 1.30. Oh, you came in at 5.30. But because of the curfew, I came in at 5.30 because I knew I did not have, uh, I don't have any papers showing that I'm an essential worker. They might not know who, who the hell I am. Mm. Matt Meany did not, and he couldn't get in. They, they wouldn't let him in. Well, I can tell you this. I just made the point yesterday that since they started closing the trains between 1 and 5 a.m., my 5.10 a.m. train on 103rd has not been late once. Today it was 21 minutes late. I walked into this building at 5.48 a.m. this morning. Yeah. I never do that. Literally 17 minutes before showtime, I walked in because the train was late. Not only late, I will tell you this, I almost did not get a seat. It was Packed. Yeah. And, Packed. I, and I must tell you, too, the uh, LIE coming in, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning was uh, also packed. So uh, people are coming back. They're doing something. Uh, <laughs> we're supposed to op- reopen phase one on Monday, but a lot of people are already – maybe they're coming in to check on their businesses when they think, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be no violence. So uh, let me go in at the crack of dawn know, while these animals are sleeping. Look like a lot of blue-collar workers to me on the train this morning. Yeah. A lot of blue-collar workers. and. It was, uh, it was different. Uh, so many mornings now, I'm used to going down to my station, and sometimes, many mornings, being the only person in the station and seeing maybe two or three people in my subway car. Today, the subway platform was, was crowded, and again, I almost had difficulty getting a seat. Well, I'm glad you got one, and I'm glad you're here. I was actually here before you. I'm like, where the hell is uh, Sydney? I yeah. hope he's okay. <laughs> I, I, they did swarm up the, the Upper West Side yesterday. They didn't, uh, go, as, they didn't go as far north as uh, where you are. Well, they did. Uh, they did. Uh, they didn't break any windows and cause too much havoc, but on some of the stores right outside my apartment building, I'm talking about 103 in Broadway, 104 in Broadway, lots of stores now have BLM spray-painted on the bricks that connect to the store. So they didn't cause complete havoc. Look, there's not a lot of nice stores on Broadway by me. There's no Saks Fifth Avenues. So they just spray BLM and move on. An an, an interesting sidebar. There is actually a rift between BLM, Black Lives Matter, and Antifa. Black Lives Matter doesn't like uh, the the way Antifa has hijacked this and made it such a violent endeavor. I, I swear to God, there's a rift between the two of them. We'll get into that a little bit later, but... We have found Bill de Blasio talking about the curfew. Take a listen. This early curfew has made a big difference. Everywhere I'm going, streets are much more empty. Huge amount of NYPD presence. Uh, We have Uber and Lyft and Via closed down because, bluntly, looters were using them. And then he talked about the uh, National Guard and why... The National Guard, a member of the Guard called up from any part of this state, doesn't have that particular training, doesn't know our environment but is carrying a loaded weapon. That is a bad scenario. Oh, you think so? That's a bad scenario? You stupid, you, you, you completely, utterly uh, clueless buffoon? That's a bad thing? That's exactly what they need. Maybe give them rubber bullets, uh, or maybe not. But a weapon is just exactly what's going to uh, preclude, prevent, maybe, prohibit some of these people from actually breaking windows in the presence, uh, you know, in their presence. Yeah, and the first point he made was exactly right, uh, which goes to show you how incompetent he is. He shouldn't be beating his chest and boasting that the curfew actually helped because the truth is he should have made the curfew 8 p.m. the night before and not 11 p.m. And maybe we would have enjoyed the same success 
on Monday night as we did on Tuesday night. And they both uh, get blamed for that. It was Cuomo makes the call. It's, it's going to be 11 p.m. And Bill de Blasio goes along with it. It's, uh, it's uh, up in the air as to who is responsible actually in the end for uh, implementing a curfew or de- deciding what time it is. But Andrew Cuomo pulled no punches. The two-faced weasel that he is, he's throwing the cops under the bus. I mean, in this really this uh, public safety crisis, you have the mayor and the governor fighting with each other. This is terrible. Governor Cuomo wanted to send in the uh, National Guard. Anyway, he really uh, threw the poor police under the bus. Of course, uh, you know, the, the, their rules of engagement because of this... Uh, this lazy-ass mayor that we have, are not what they should be. They had no rubber bullets. They had no tear gas. They were short, really underdeployed in Midtown on Monday night and all over the city Monday night. Anyway, but this didn't stop uh, Il Duce from saying this. The NYPD and the mayor did not do their job last night. I believe that. It is the largest police department in the United States of America use 38,000 people and protect property. Use the police, protect property and people. Look at the videos. It was a disgrace. You would have to take over the mayor's job. You'd have to displace the mayor, right? Uh, A, I don't think we're at that point. Oh, you idiot. B, that would be such a chaotic uh, situation Wrong. in the midst of an already chaotic situation. Which you guys caused. Uh, I don't think that makes any sense. So, yeah. He really uh, is a moron. Uh, he completely, totally. So, <laughs> so the mayor won't deploy the entire police force and, and the, the, the numbers that we need. Therefore, you're going to allow the city to be uh, burned to the ground? I mean, yes, that's when you displace the mayor, when he will not implement or utilize the the forces of the nypd you displace him governor cuomo take charge and send in the national guard is he that tone deaf that everybody in this city hates the mayor how would it be chaotic if in fact you displaced a man that whether you're a republican a democrat an independent it doesn't matter we hate this guy he's done a terrible job and listen he was right in one respect cuomo because giuliani said the same thing to you and i yesterday but by the way he got a lot of pub yesterday giuliani and sean hannity was tweeting this stuff it all started right here with you and I. Yep. But he did say we've got 35,000 cops. Let's deploy more. That's not the cops' fault. The cops went from 4,000 on the street to 8,000 on the street. Still only about a quarter of the force. Yeah. That's not their fault. They were outnumbered in a Absolutely. huge way. It's, it's the mayor's fault for not deploying more of these right. men and women. And, and How you, is it the cops' fault? And if you won't do it, that's why Cuomo needs to displace him. Uh, quickly, uh, you mentioned Giuliani yesterday on the show. Here he is and what he said about Kicking uh, the the Blasio's ass out. You should remove the mayor and take over the city. Yes, yes. We've been asking for that for a long the time. Is, the mayor is provably incompetent, and now lives are at stake. He's been incompetent for six and a half years, but now it really counts. None of this had to happen. We've had six days of riots. Now that was the first time he said that right here yesterday, yes. nine ten a.m. Yeah, on the Bernie and Sid show. And uh, he's right about that? He is right. And I tell you what, our owner, John Katsimatidis, who was listening yesterday, heard that. 
uh, I spoke to him right afterwards, and it kind of made up his mind to run. So now you know it kind of became official yesterday. Yeah, big he's putting piece. his exploratory team That's together. Right. That's right. And right. Uh, he's going to run for mayor. Now he is reaching out not just to Republicans, to Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians. He wants to put together a force of everybody a representing coalition. New York. Right, exactly, which makes sense because this is a blue town. But uh, listen, he ran in 2013. We know he came up just short in the primary. He ran, uh, right, right. He exceeded expectations, but he came up just short against right. La, La Hoda. He was the, From the MTA, MTA right, guy. Right. I think this time is, uh, he's ripe for it. I mean, Eric Adams, Corey Johnson, Scott Stringer, I got to tell you, it'll be much of the same. And I'll, much tell, you, of the same. I'll tell you why. Because, uh, first of all, there was extensive, and what didn't get any much coverage, extensive looting in the Bronx, and my, minority owned businesses, and, and even in Manhattan as well. Minority-owned businesses were hit hard, and they were pleading for help. They want law and order. People want law and order. That's right. And again, that's how Giuliani got elected in the first place, a Republican in a Democratic town. After Dinkins, they were clamoring for law and order. The time is right for John Katzmatini. Right, he's not even running as a Republican. He's running for a law and order, like you're saying, exactly. common sense. Just common sense. So you're right. The time is right. John Katzmatini hey, in 2020. Trump today at 1030 with the Kilmeade. Oh, that's a big thing, too. You're right. Donald Trump at uh, 1030 with Brian Kilmeade. And I think uh, Trump is also on Newsmax today. And we're going to talk to Christopher Ruddy about right. that later on. Mm-hmm. So uh, Trump all over the place. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Already off to a great start this morning. Bernie and Sid on a hump day Wednesday. Welcome aboard. The confusion. Phil Collins and Genesis. 6:25 a.m. on your Wednesday morning. Welcome back to the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. One other story I want to get to that we did cover late yesterday, and this is uh, for sports fans out there. I got to know Grant Napier pretty well over the years. Grant Napier is a guy from uh, Long Island. He went to Syosset High School, and all the way back in 1988, he got the job as the announcer for the Sacramento Kings in the NBA. So he was the announcer for that team for 32 years in Sacramento. Long story short, Sacramento player uh, DeMarcus Cousins sends him a tweet on Monday and says, Hey, Grant, what do you think of the Black Lives Matter movement? I wish you would have sent me that tweet, and I would have said there are a bunch of hateful scumbags. But he didn't. He sent it to, uh, to Grant Napier. So Grant Napier responded to DeMarcus Cousins with, Hey, man, where you been? It's been a long time. I miss talking to you. And by the way, in capitals, all lives matter. Seemingly a non-controversial <laughs> sentiment, Seemingly, right? I mean, right? He gets fired. <laughs> he got fired because he did not. Uh, the, the, he got a bunch of nasty tweets and the, and the station got a bunch of phone calls. Now, when somebody asks you about Black Lives Matter, if you don't talk specifically about that group, and you go to, quote-unquote, all lives matter, you are 1,000% a racist. Now, my opinion is, if you're going to limit the discussion to that, you're the racist. Not the guy that says, all lives matter, we care about black lives, white lives, the blue, racist... Blue, blue lives. Right, all of them. Yeah. The racist is the guy from Black Lives Matters that doesn't want to hear that 
All lives matter. That's the racist, not Grant Napier. Of course. This guy worked on that team for 32 years. Worked at that radio station, the Sacramento Bee out there, for 32 years. And he got fired because he had the nerve to say that all lives matter. I would say Latino lives matter. I would say Asian lives matter. Caucasian lives matter. Black lives matter. I care about everybody. Everybody. Everybody matters. So, and either way... Free speech, First Amendment, whatever happened to that? I mean, uh, well, I mean, what, 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 I mean, you know, the, the Constitution. Uh, I mean, Black Lives Matter. Let me remind you, is a group that also is uh, all about the the the, band, the Israel man. You know that, right? They're uh, the, the BDS. They're, they're, they're oh, all about course. that too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I, mean, I know. They're the Jew haters. They're all in, in lockstep with uh, the Elon Omar's and uh, all exactly of that stuff, right. No doubt. Not exactly a, a loving group. So. And I will tell you that I, I agree with Grant Napier. All lives matter. And uh, I don't subscribe to Black Lives Matter. So if you want to come after me, bring it, bitch. Black Lives Matter is a hateful group. And Grant Napier, after 32 years in Sacramento, deserves better than to be fired because he cares about everybody. And I have to tell you this. Uh, uh, Joe Biden gave a speech yesterday in which, uh, I mean, it could have been written by the head of Black Lives Matter. Is that right? Yeah. It was unbelievable. He, gave, he paid no homage whatsoever to the police who were killed Monday night, and there were several. There were, there were, there were retired cop was killed on Facebook Live in St. Louis protecting his friend's store. A uh, 77-year-old black man, he's a retired cop. Uh, another uh, black... Ooh, by the way, that's, that video, I uh, actually saw that. They had it, uh, Michael Rappaport. No, you hate his guts. I'm not th- through with him either. But he actually had that video on his Instagram this morning of that 77-year-old. He was, I guess he's a retired police officer. He was a retired St. Louis police captain. Yeah, that's and, on Instagram. The yeah, video was there. Yeah, it's, 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 it, it, was, it was actually Facebook Live. And the people who were uh, videotaping it as well, he's on the floor dying. Nobody yeah. went over to help him. They're just taping it. Well, one, I think one black lady actually came over to see if he was okay, kind of, when I saw she kneeled right in front of him. Oh, and is that right? Got up and walked away. Yeah, it didn't yeah, seem did, like... Nobody helped him. So no. There's a, and another uh, a black federal officer k- shot and killed in Oakland. You had uh, four cops uh, were shot uh, also in St. Louis, four other cops. Cops all over the place. Cops hit by cars in, in the Bronx. Cops in beaten, beaten to a... In Buffalo, New, New York. The guy was flipped over. It's so disturbing. Uh, you, uh, so there was nothing, none of that, not, 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 no mention made about all the cops who, who were targeted on Monday night. This is Joe Biden. Joe Biden, the Democratic candidate. If, we, if he gets elected, no, we are, he's a puppet. And he, he doesn't know what he's doing. No, I know. He's actually uh, he's, he's, he's mimicking the exact words of, say, uh, Black Lives Matter, of Antifa, and of the, of the Elon Omars of the world. We're in big, big trouble when people like him they can't, even, they can't even pretend to say the right thing. That's why it's very important you listen today to President Donald Trump. He'll be on this station with Brian Kilmeade coming up at 1030. And uh, he's the right guy right now. Uh, he hasn't been perfect. We've been over that before. But God, who would be? Between the pandemic and the riots, I mean, give me a break. This poor guy, what he's had to go through the last three months. But uh, you ask me any morning of the week if I'd rather have him or Joe Biden in charge to get us out of this. And the answer is pretty easy. It's President Donald Trump. Well, I got to tell you, it did give us our independence. It did free the slaves. Yeah, kind of did that. Yeah, and uh, stopped Germany in World War One. <laughs> kind of stopped Germany in World War Two. Yeah, yeah. kind of stopped the Japanese in World War Two. I mean, I just, I'm just saying. 
But then, I, course, I don't want to let facts get in the no, way. No, no, but then, of course, you've got, like, Vietnam, you've got Iraq. Well, yeah, that, and, we, and, and that's the time it was written in. But uh, generally speaking, I mean, sometimes uh, the good guys have to uh, take up arms to, uh, you know, right the wrongs and uh, so that we can go forward in a free and, uh, you know, a, a, a liberty-filled uh, world. Kind of what we've been asking for in this city I mean, for I the last I, couple of days. I'm arguing with Edwin Starr from uh, 1968, <laughs> for God's sake. No, that's what we've been asking for in this city but, the last couple of days. Yes, Bring in the National Guard. Exactly right. That's right. They, they, they've declared war. Not the peaceful protesters, but have the uh, Antifa, have, have, the, have the young thieves, uh, the looters. And that's what they are. Make no mistake about it. They're, they're, they're engaged in... Uh, in felony robbery, felony assault, felony murder in some cases. I mean, I talked about the cops uh, getting killed, outright killed, by some of these uh, rioters. And speaking of which, that, so uh, the, the, you got the Sleepy Joe comes out of the basement yesterday. He's got to inject himself because, of course, you know, he's got to. He has to say something. So some, the, the, remember, people on his staff are paying, donating money to bail out rioters. They're donating money to bail out rioters. This is unreal. This guy is a total weekend at Bernie's candidate. He doesn't know what he's doing. He can't string a sentence together, so obviously he's reading a speech written by one of them, one of the people or a couple of the people who are donating to get these people out of jail, these looters, these rioters, uh, these assaulters. I mean, we've seen business people beaten to a pulp business people on the streets it is absolutely disgusting women getting cold cocked from behind and then and slapped around with two by fours in this case up in rochester one horrific case down in dallas and plenty more plenty more but anyway i brought it up so here's what joe biden said yesterday we also have to fundamentally change the way in which police are trained instead of standing there and teaching a cop who's an unarmed person coming at him with a knife or something, shooting him in the leg instead of in the heart. The moment has come for our nation to deal with systemic racism, to deal with the growing economic inequity that exists in our nation, to deal with the denial of the promise of this nation made to so many. A country is crying out for leadership, leadership that can unite us, leadership that brings us together, Leadership that can recognize pain and deep grief of communities that have had a knee on their neck for a long time. Nothing, and, and people, everybody, it's universal, condemn that. There's, that. That's not the issue at this point. The issue is the riots in the streets, the lawlessness that is, that is ongoing. Uh, last night, uh, tamped down a little bit here in New York. But still, in other cities, uh, you had Seattle, they, you had riots there. There was even looting here in New York City, believe it or not. Yeah, there was. My, uh, you know, here's my question to you, Bernard. It, 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 Joe Biden talks about systematic racism. By the way, so did George Bush, 43, yesterday. Flat out said, we have a problem. We've got systematic racism in this country. Flat out said it. No room for interpretation. So my question to guys like Joe Biden and Bush, 43, who you and I happen to like, if that's true, what are you going to do about it? Because Barack uh, Obama couldn't uh, fix it. Excuse me. And why didn't you do anything when, when you were in the office for eight years? Right. Barack Obama, it, 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 it came to a, a mountain of issues with Barack Obama. So what would they do about and it? And I've said it a million times. Show me where the racism is and let's take care of it. Stop talking in amorphous terms, uh, these, uh, these generalizations. Where is it? Let's go get it. Well, let's prob- wipe it out. The problem is it's not statistical in many cases. So you and I go out there, we say, look... 
this is the amount of white people that were killed. This is the amount of black people that were killed. But again, very anecdotal, dealing with my cousin down in Atlanta. Her son has been stopped three times by the cops in one year. Innocent kid, high school kid. That doesn't show up in statistics. No. They're saying every single day, we're not getting killed necessarily, but our lives but, are being made miserable that, by white cops. It, it, we're digressing into a, a deeper conversation, which uh, would take a long time, of course, which is the fact that uh, young black males disproportionately commit most of the crime. So, therefore, the cops are where they are and have more exchanges with them. And, therefore, the, the incidents are higher uh, uh, proportionate to their uh, population. However, makes sense. There were more uh, whites were killed. More unarmed whites were whites were killed in 2019 than were blacks, males, unarmed. And you don't hear about it. Remember that kid in Arizona who was on his knees. This is about two or three years ago. He was on his knees in Arizona. This white kid in a motel, and the cops are there. They got the guns uh, uh, just pointed at him. He's on his knees, and they're like, "Get your hands up! Get your hands up in the air! Get your hands up!" And he's like, I don't know. And he kind of hesitated and he jerked around a little and they shot him dead. I remember. I mean, it was horrible. Yep. I, don't, I don't even know. I don't even remember what happened to the cop. I hope he got the electric chair. But that, that I mean, so they do it. Cops do that all the time. They do that regardless of race. Uh, it's just, I mean, you can make the case that there's some cops are race. I understand that. But it happens uh, in, in these, these volatile exchanges. It is not epidemic, I guess is my point. But back to Joe Biden and throwing the cops under the bus. A day after two cops were killed and a bunch of cops were assaulted and hit by cars and plowed into with vans. And Joe Biden doesn't say one word about that. Anyway, the St. Louis police chief, four cops in addition to the retired cop that got shot and killed, 77-year-old retired black St. Louis police captain, in a street, uh, helping his friend uh, protect his store. Four cops were shot as well. The St. Louis police chief, he said these emotional words. Some coward fired shots at officers, and, and now we have four in the hospital. But thankfully, and, and thank God, they're alive. They're alive. But I, I you, you, <laughs> can we make some sense out of this? Can we make some sense out of this? That's all I'm trying to say. Mr. Floyd's death is tragic, but can we make some, some, something out of, out, of, out of something that these kids come down here and just start, just start like, 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 like crazy, jumping up and down like, 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 they're, like they're enthused by the jumping, uh, high-fiving each other, uh, flourishing pistols? And, we, and we st- as we speak, we're trying to get control of the city. And so, you know, I, you, know you all might have some questions, but I, 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 don't, I don't know what else to say. And this is horrible. And our cowardly leaders are afraid to say what he just said. Uh, they're totally timid. They, 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 we have no leader. We don't have leaders, at least at the local level and the state level. And in New York, clearly, we got dumb and dumber. Uh, you have uh, Cuomo is dumb and uh, de Blasio is dumber. Totally two, two pandering cowards afraid to take charge. Eating, both of them pointing fingers at each other. Now, up in the Bronx, I mentioned uh, it got scant attention, really. The looting was horrific up in the Fordham section of the Bronx, Burnside Avenue as well. And, of course, those are minority neighborhoods. Now, our friend Ruben Diaz Jr. was up there helping to clean up yesterday morning, and this is what he said. We need to have an earlier presence so that we can protect the mom-and-pop stores that have already been suffering for the last three months, that have already been, you know, uh, without income. These are the stores that that employ our community folks. And now many of those stores, because of what's happening, 
under the four pretenses of seeking justice, will never be opened again. They're done for good. Put blood, sweat, and tears, trying to, uh, uh, you know, turn a neighborhood that's teetering, perhaps, into a productive, thriving neighborhood. And this is what happens. And nobody speaks out about it. They're, well, no, you can't say that. You're racist. Ruben Diaz said it, to his credit, Ruben Diaz Jr. And this other, uh, uh, this, this man named Andy Rodriguez. I also saw a woman. She ran Bronx Optical, the Bronx Optical Center up on Fordham Road. The Bronx Optical Center. And this one female, she ran that, and she was heartbroken that her business was uh, torn apart like that. She was a Latino lady. And then there was also Andy Rodriguez. He owns a pharmacy in the Bronx. His, his store got robbed. People are robbing it. They're trying to break into the pharmacies to get some of the drugs. Yeah, the drugs. This is what Andy Rodriguez said. I feel like so powerless watching it. You can't do anything. We know their family, their kids. We've been here since 2007. Everybody likes us around here. I mean, it's unbelievable. These poor people are just looked, they're overlooked. Is, is that not racist? You're overlooking law-abiding citizens who are actually pr- 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 making the communities productive and uh, stable and uh, alive, you know, thriving uh, where people can go and buy the, the meds. The old lady can go and buy her meds right down the block as opposed to what? Taking a bus to some white neighborhood? And having to buy it, it's absolutely disgusting. And, and, and for, that's why I say I, I throw Joe Biden because he's the Democrat nominee. And I will say this also. There's one guy who I always like to uh, quote or play or whatever because, you know, he calls balls and strikes. And he said this about Joe Biden's speech yesterday. His name is uh, Brit Hume. He said this, Brit Hume said about Joe Biden's speech, how gross it was. Listen to him. You would never know, listening to Biden's speech, that it wasn't still 1968, that civil rights legislation, you know, would never know that it ever passed, that, you know, countless blacks have moved into the middle class. Uh, we'd never know any of that, that racial progress has been extraordinary in this country. Has any country on earth ever tried harder to right the racial wrongs that, as this country has? If it has, I'd like to know which it is, because I don't know, I don't know that that's the case. Is there a controversy here over the death of this man in Minneapolis? There is no controversy. A week ago or so, Americans were totally united. It was a hideous scene we saw there and w- with that cop with his, with his knee on that man's neck and him dying. The public revulsion was universal. Nobody defended that. You wouldn't know that. People are now in the streets to say, no more of this. Nobody wants more of this. Uh, the country was united. Now we've seen these hideous scenes of destruction. Police shot. One of them has died. And our leaders, on the left at least, Give no sign that they're much much disturbed by that. Uh, it's 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 absolutely appalling. It's uh, I would say inexplicable, but it is explicable. They're cowards, is what they are. Pandering, grandstanding, total cowards. Governor Cuomo, look yourself in, in the mirror. You are a, a major ballless coward, is what you are, Suzanne. In Huntington, Long Island, you're on the Bernie and Sid Show. Good morning, Suzanne. Thank you very much for having me. You guys are the earliest, always the best. Always accurate. Thank you. And nobody, nobody is talking about what the problem is. Is not George Floyd, that good man, that murdered victim. We all agree Brit is right. This is about the greatest con- contributor to the Democratic National Party called George Soros. He is the author of Black Lives Matter. He's the author, author of MoveOn.org. The border wars in the summer of last summer, the summer before, that's why no Democratic congressman, no Democratic leader in any city has the balls to stand up to the boss man with the money and say, no way, Jose. 
No, you're right. Uh, it is uh, Soros money backing Antifa. They were planning this for a long time, waiting for a tragedy to exploit. And then they pulled the trigger as soon, uh, no pun intended, as soon yeah. as this happened. Look, it's a coordinated national attack. See, that's the uh, thing. It's, a, it's, a, it's an attack on our way of life. Yeah, it's an insurrection is what it is. I know, but we keep hearing George Soros. And I'm not saying George Soros is not involved, but there's got to be others. Well, I mean, either way, there's, I, I want to know who they are. There's I, I money. Know. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's why Bill Barr, uh, that's why they have to be declared a terrorist organization. I mean, they have everything from, they're organized. They have, there were cars here from out of state, Mercedes, high, uh, you know, oh, yeah. high-end cars. Yeah that they were using to load up with stolen goods. Then they were driving around Manhattan. They have uh, medics. They have lawyers. You saw the Princeton lawyer. You saw the yep. Fordham uh, lawyer, Fordham Law grad. Yep. These people are Antifa. They're domestic terrorists. This is well organized. They were stashing bricks at certain sites where they knew protesters would gather. Correct. So they could just hand them out. They were hiding them and, and, and also uh, bottles with incendiary liquid in them, essentially Molotov cocktails. Uh, they have they have different people to do different things. They're very organized. Graffiti people. You heckle the cops. You do the graffiti. You hand out the Molotov cocktails, and we'll supply them here. We'll have them here, and they they, they have the cell phones, the cars. You know, it's just or, the, the oh the the crowbars and the hammers to take the wood down from the boarded up uh, stores. It is it's a, it is a war, and this is a, it's an attempted uh, insurrection. And we have to deal with it as such and, and take extreme measures. I mean, last night was a little better, but who knows what tonight's going to bring. Well, hopefully it'll be a little better tonight. You know, the curfew did work for what it's worth. Those three hours did make a difference. So we'll see. I agree with you. I don't think we're out of this just yet. And it does make it even scarier for the next time. Because there's going to be another time where some white cop is going to kill somebody. A black guy, a white guy. But when they kill a black guy, then we'll have more of this. And we need to make sure that the next time that happens the same results don't happen, right? We need to make sure yes. now, because well, it's going to happen again. It is going to happen again, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if you're going to see a guy uh, put his knee on a man's neck for eight and a half uh, listen, minutes. That was ugly. There's no question about it. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Christopher Ruddy, Mr. Newsmax, is going to stop by. And coming up next hour, the great congressman, our guy, set to retire this November, Peter King. He will stop by as well, plus some more surprises along the way. Bernie and Sid on a Wednesday. Hour number two of the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good Wednesday morning, New York City, and the folks listening around the country. It's going to be hot today. 85 degrees here in New York. 85 the next couple of days. So All right. Summer's here, babe. And uh, time to get out, and people are getting out. As I mentioned earlier this morning, my train was packed today. It was 20 minutes late, first time it's been late, but also the first time maybe since February that I almost didn't get a seat. Now, we're talking about 5.15 a.m. this morning, coming down from 103 to Madison Square Garden. I almost didn't get a seat, and when I did exit the train, Penn Station was packed. It is the first train. It is the first train, yeah. that's right. But I take the first train every morning. Which, which you know, begs the question, if you will, um, I mean... It makes the trains more crowded if you close it down for four hours. There's no need to close it down for four hours. No, no. We should reopen the city 100-1,000%, including restoring subway service overnight. That's right. I mean, this, the, if you're going to allow people out there, all of a sudden you, you ignore the people that are rioting and, or even protesting, getting together. All of a sudden, COVID is not a big deal. It's no big deal anymore because, well, I don't have the balls to call them out because I'm Governor Cuomo. 
Well, he well did, if it's he, no big deal, then let's open the city. He did two days ago. He did say that uh, the protesters are not social distancing and this could cause a big problem. But he's only said it once as far as he, I know. He said it. Yeah, with words. Yeah. What are words? No, I, listen, I'm with you. As far as I'm concerned, COVID he, is over. He talks out of both sides of his mouth. Now, he, he and does. then he pays homage to them for, for the next half hour. He has been doing that for, for quite some time, for a couple of months now. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's over. I don't even wear a mask on the subway all the time. So anyway, uh, that was uh, my, my morning. But I tell you, last night I was watching HGTV because I can't watch this coverage all day and all night. I love I HGTV. I know you do. So I was watching uh, Bargain Mansions with uh, the young cute girl, the blonde girl. You know, to her and her father, they build houses together. Now she's teaching her son Henry mm-hmm. how to do the same thing. It's a very cute show. And uh, we watched about uh, four or five episodes in succession. Hey. And 8 o'clock comes along last night when the curfew starts. In my building, they shut the front door. My doorman, Colbert, who's a great guy, shot the, he shut the front door and made it very clear to the residents in my building, you don't leave and or come back in unless you've got some dire emergency. They're shutting it down. So it's 8 o'clock last night. The curfew is starting. Here comes the fourth or fifth consecutive episode of Bargain Mansions on HGTV. And there's a screen that says this. In honor of George Floyd, we remember George Floyd. Please, let's stop the racism. I don't even remember exactly what it said, but it was not just on HGTV. It was on the ID channel. It was on HGTV. I scrolled from about channel 50 to about channel 65 on my cable system in New York City, and every station was off the air for about seven minutes. I'm talking seven minutes, and I started thinking, is that as long as the cop had his knee on, on Mr. Floyd's neck. I don't know what the seven, eight, nine-minute yeah, no, thing was. that's exactly what it is. That's what it was. So they, they actually took the time and stopped all the programming at 8 o'clock last night with this message that lasted till about 8.10. And I got to tell you, and again, my, my deepest well, respects to the Floyd family, it made me nauseous. I'm like, come on. Well, wait let me watch second. my TV show. You remember when they did that for uh, Pat Tillman, right? Yeah, I do. You no, do? no, I don't remember 10 minutes of uh, stopping television. Oh, that's right. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> right. White guy who gave up $3 million a year Look, in the National Football League and died in a lonely cave in Afghanistan he when his own guy shot him. He did not deserve to die with oh, a no, knee no, on I've his neck for already. eight, nine minutes. We got it. We got it. However, yeah. he's not Nelson Mandela either. Right, please. I mean, if right. you, exactly. Well, let's just uh, I let's mean, stop. Let's stop with the I, I don't want to disparage him in any way, shape, or form, oh, but uh, let's on. not deify the man. Either. Uh, uh, the cop is facing 25 years. Good. The guy in charge of the prosecution, he is about as left as you can get. He's a Louis Farrakhan associate. He, uh, he hates the Jews. He's, he's, he's basically a communist. He's in charge of the prosecution. And so if they're going to add charges or if they're going to charge any more cops, it's up to that guy that I just talked well, about. Keith Ellison, right. But and Keith listen, Ellison. And, and, and yet, so, I mean, so what do you want? Well, we hope they do charge the other three cops, but let's stop calling this guy a great man. I mean, again, God rest his soul. He never should have died, and these cops should get the electric chair. But if you read the New York Post column, this guy did like seven years in prison for armed robbery. Let, let's, let's, I mean, we, we got to, we're going to be honest about the whole story. God rest his soul. He didn't deserve to die. He was not a great man. That's the bottom. He was not a great man. Like you said, he wasn't Nelson Mandela. Let's be honest about the story, which we never are. So, anyway, he died. God rest his yep. soul. It's terrible. Yep. But we have a habit of deifying people when they die and making them, quote, unquote, great right. men in, in when other, they weren't. It's called revisionism. All right. That's what it is. Right. And, and let's just be, let's just say what you just said. He didn't deserve to die. Of course but let's not. not go 
and the other extreme as well. <laughs> exactly. Ten minutes of no television last night. Here's uh, Bob in Levittown online, too. Good morning, Bob. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, I just want to let you know, as you were watching your blank screen on TV, which my girl texted me about, which I find appalling as well, uh, me and a couple of neighbors were patrolling the neighborhood, strapped to a T with highly powered weapons, Making sure that no protesters got out of line. Is that right? Give me, give me some of these specific. Give me some of these specific weaponry, Bob, uh, that you actually had on hand last night. AR-15. What do we got? Smith and Wesson 12 gauges. Got a Stevens A320 shotgun. uh, Got a six hour. I love um, it. We're, I'm, getting, I'm getting actually aroused right I know. now. Well, listen, you know, you know it's how... going to get to a point where, and I spoke to officers about this, and I have a job site over by Roosevelt Field Mall, which they boarded up and put dumpsters and all the entrances and exits at a parking lot. And I said to the officer, I said, you know, it's going to get to a point where us armed citizens are going to protect you. He turned to me, he smiled, and said, I know. Yep, thank you, know, you, Bob. you know what, Bob, listen, this is why uh, now we know. Now, you know, if you had any doubt... Whatsoever. Now you know why people want to own guns. Uh, that all people and me, I was always. I'm a city boy. I was always ambivalent about. I wish to hell I had uh, an armaments like you have, firearms like you I, have. I would never put that in my house. And I don't say this jokingly. I mean this. My wife would have used it on no, me no, more I, than I, once. I understand. I'm being serious. Not, not every, it's not for everybody. But but you also and, and I, I would be worried about that as well. Right. But you, don't have to, you also don't have to be David Koresh. I mean, it's one thing to have a gun on hand. You know, guys like Bob, like David Koresh, no, look, who are preparing you, you, for World War III. You, you can own guns responsibly, but if you have volatile people in your life, it could be hazardous <laughs> to your own health. However, uh, you, you see now how fragile society is, how fragile our you know, law and order is. Again, I saw it during Hurricane Sandy. Yep. There are other incidents. You saw it even during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Uh, And now this. Uh, So people, individual good people should own guns because there's going to come a time when it's very, very needed. Well, let's not say there's going to come a time. Let's say we hope that time doesn't come. Okay. But you need to be prepared. I I like your optimism. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Something new. Here's Bill in Sparta, New Jersey, Bernard, on line four. Good morning, Billy. Hey, guys. You know what? Here's the way it goes. The TV goes off. Bernie and Sid come on. Because I want to hear the truth. Setting fires, stealing clothes, stealing TVs, stealing booze has nothing to do with uh, any protest that makes sense. Get ready for the knees, on your knees for all the football games to come when they come on. And most importantly, the people that are sustaining property damage and or bodily injury. I've been in the insurance company uh, business for over 40 years, now retired. Any damage or property damage or or, uh, bodily injury that occurs during civil unrest or riot, there is zero coverage. These people are ruined. You're right. Nobody's covering the uh, the Dallas guy that was pummeled, the the Rochester lady, the cop, uh, retired cop in St. Louis who was shot in the street. Uh, It was streamed live on Facebook. I mean... You want to talk about a black man being killed in the street in a horrific manner. Yeah, that was and it. And they don't cover that at all. Look, no. let's call it what it is. They're wilding criminal mobs. They're engaged in uh, felony robbery, assault, murder. That's what's happening here. They've totally hijacked and co-opted the peaceful protest. Forget that. 
That was last week. This week, they're wilding criminal mobs is what happens. And the news media ignores it. It is really scary. They did show on last night, about 7.48 last night, 12 minutes before the curfew started here in New York City. Boston and Los Angeles had uh, a bunch of issues. And uh, that idiotic, psycho mayor, the only mayor maybe in the country that's as bad as Bill de Blasio, Gil Garcetti's son, Eric Garcetti, again said all the wrong things in Los Angeles last night. If I'm living in L.A., I want to get out like I want to get out of New York City. Because Eric Garcetti is another real... Uh, They swarmed his house last night, and so now he's really going to be biting his nails and he's going to say anything to pander. Last thing about Massachusetts, the Attorney General, Maura Healy. This is what she writes. She tweets out, America is burning, but sometimes you need to burn down the forest for it to grow again. (laughs) This is the Attorney General of Massachusetts. Her name is Maura Healy. She went to like an Ivy League school. We are black here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Folks, you should download the 77 WABC app. Get us anytime. Uh, Listen, you know, a lot of times um, some of the print journalists, the the writers, especially online, uh, maybe they're, they're, they're brilliant, but they don't get asked to go on TV maybe because they don't look nice or they speak like, uh, I don't know, something like that or whatever. I don't know. But they still write brilliantly. So, therefore, I have a piece, you have a piece. that I would love to read to you. And I'm just going to pick the select uh, portions of it. I mean, it was so good. It's all about, it ties into the COVID lockdown and the rioting. Is and this it, a piece that uh, Brini sent us the other day? No, 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 no. We could talk about that at another time, and okay. I'd be glad to. But uh, <clears throat> this... Is, was in the Washington Examiner, okay. and it's by somebody named Tiana Lowe, and it's called The Rioters Reopen America, and Every Business in the Country Should Follow Suit. And it goes like this. The lockdown is over. After 40 million jobs were destroyed, many if not permanently so, violent rioters looted and incinerated the nation into a grand reopening. The only question that remains is if the rest of us have the guts to follow suit. And then here she goes on to say, we were told we must lock down every man, women, and children in their homes, sacrifice in schools, jobs, social life, blah, blah, blah. And he writes, or she writes, if you were a wife in need of a friend to talk through one of the many relationships that became abusive during this quarantine, a child in need of an hour of play at the park, or even just a person in need of a paycheck at a job that has no use for remote workers, you were selfish. Hmm. You had blood on your hands. You were experimenting with human sacrifice. You just wanted to kill grandma. Right. But as the bluest states followed the vanguard of reopening with piecemeal phase one, relaxing of uh, regulations, America was forcibly reopened, not by the folks who realized that they wouldn't have businesses and jobs to return to if they continued the lockdown much longer, but by those who wanted to destroy them. Ah. The rioters. Yeah. And uh, again, I'm skipping sure. over, but uh, and then uh, Tiana goes on. And most glaringly, the you just wanted to kill Grandma Cadre mm. of Karen's went curiously radio silent. <laughs> right. So sure. screw it. Open America, not in phases or with favor, but all at once. And then uh, Tiana f- ends with this after a long uh, rambling piece. So dare the authorities to shut you down for the voluntary association of buying or selling a good or service as degenerates loot and destroy those engines that make our economy move. Do it and enjoy it and let them eat brunch. Love it. I mean, that's, that's so well written, so well said. Yep. 
and so true. The fact that we're not a thousand percent reopened right now is a testament to the hypocrisy of our cowardly leaders, especially in this state, led by Il Duce, uh, the double-talking weasel, Governor Cuomo. Yeah, listen, I've got uh, buddies that own restaurants. Uh, I compel them to reopen. I've got buddies that own tanning salons. I compel them to reopen. I was a bit hesitant a couple of weeks ago when we saw what happened to that poor guy down in New Jersey, his gym, and other store owners who had licenses taken away and all these types of things going on. But they have really proven to be, at this point, at this point, if you're a rational human being, and you don't have a political agenda, right? You got none of that. You just say rational human being. If you haven't figured out at this point, after the riots, after the pandemic, that these folks don't care about you, your livelihood, your grandparents, your parents, your kids, and they're just looking for a shot to win the next election. If you haven't figured that out, you're a moron. Yeah. You're a moron. They lock up the uh, hair salon owners, the gym owners, but the burglars who break into Macy's on 34th Street... Oh, these are good people. They get a ticket, and they get to walk well, free. They're good people. Andrew Cuomo said yesterday, hey, listen, it's great that these kids are still idealistic. Yeah. Are you serious? Idealistic? You, they're you, out there you, burning you, stuff down, hurting people, breaking things. They don't give a rat's ass about Floyd. Don't care about him. You, Who's idealistic? Bill de Blasio's daughter? A pandering, a grandstanding coward. Governor Cuomo. These are our leaders. No question. Deb has the news, and then we'll talk to another angry guy. We love this guy, Congressman Peter King. He's really pissed at Cuomo. Peter King is coming up. That's your governor, Andrew Cuomo. Saying the mayor, he's right about that. And the NYPD did not do their jobs last night. He's talking about Monday night. That, of course, drew the ire of any decent New Yorker and or American. Really pissed me off and pissed Bernie off. And uh, we're happy to find that our favorite congressman, the great Peter King, King for just one day, as the Thompson Twins sung about there. He's also upset about this, as he should be. Once again, Cuomo calling out the brave men and women of our NYPD. Just a really disgusting move out of a governor that likes to blame everybody else except himself. With that said, good morning, Peter King. How are you, pal? Shit, I'm doing fine. Bernie, I assume Bernie is too. He's great. Uh, Great, yeah. Also, let me just put Indeed. in the plug. I'll be on Newsmax, uh, Newsmax myself today at twelve oh five. So cool. In one day, they get the President of the United States and Pete King. How about well, that? Yeah, How about that for a daily that's double? That's a banner day, <laughs> and we're going to be speaking to Christopher Ruddy in about an hour Good as guy. well. Great guy. Yeah. So, uh, Peter King, yeah. uh, listen. Uh, Sid laid it out. Governor Cuomo. He's blaming the police. Uh, he doesn't mention the fact that uh, cops were hit by cars and uh, assaulted left and right, and they were underdeployed and all that stuff. He doesn't mention that necessarily. He does mention the incompetence of Bill de Blasio, but he could remove de Blasio if it's such a crisis and they're not doing their job. If, if de Blasio is not doing his job, he could actually remove uh, Bill de Blasio, yet he just sits there in front of the TV cameras and, and talks, and he does nothing. Okay, several things. One, I was extremely critical of the governor and the mayor, but especially the governor when he was uh, criticizing the cops in that vehicle when they had to escape from the mob. And he said they shouldn't have driven through the mob, even though the night before uh, Molotov cocktails had been thrown, cops could have been killed, bricks were being thrown, they're trying to overturn the car. And any normal human being would have done what those cops did, and yet the governor was critical of them. Uh, he was also uh, yesterday saying the cops didn't do their job on Monday night. Make a long, and so I put out several tweets yesterday and being very critical of the governor. And he called me uh, last night about 6 o'clock. Really? Yeah. I, I, I'm not going into the details of the conversation, 
but he was insisting to me that he was not criticizing the cops. He was criticizing de Blasio, that de Blasio is not competent, on and on and on. And listen, I'm not going to go into details. Basically, I didn't care who was criticizing who, except they shouldn't be criticizing the cops. I just played the uh, audio uh, before you came yeah. on, and it was very, very clear. It was his voice. He could blame it on somebody else. I blame the mayor and the cops. He said it. I mean, no, he did. Yeah. And, and I think what it is is people, uh, you know, they're in a culture where you don't have to worry about insulting cops. You have to be so sensitive and so careful about any other group or any other people that you're being critical of, but you have open season on the cops. So listen, I wasn't going to... Uh, I, I, I stood by everything I said with the governor, and I told him this how to stop, and uh, that you can't just be taking uh, easy shots at the cops when they're out there. As my father was NYPD for 30 years, but it's nothing like it is today. With those cops, you can hit with bricks. I, I get calls every night from cops that are down there describing how vicious it is. These guys are fighting for their lives. They're surrounded by thousands and thousands of people. They're outnumbered at most times, and they know that if they take any action at all, Someone's going to be there with a camera, and that's going to be the isolated view that's shown on television. The cop could lose his job, lose his gun, uh, lose his pension, lose everything, and he can also get killed. So they were in an impossible position. Last night, one more cop's on the ground. I think the cops are giving more leeway. And let's face it, locking people up is never pretty. I'm sure Bernie and I have seen a few guys locked up in bars, and it could be your best friend. The guy could be guilty, but when he, the handcuffs go on, people are crazy. It's wild. It's tough. And the cops have to right. be tough to bring them down. When you just show that part on television, it makes the cops look bad. But for them to clean up the streets, to stop these demonstrations, they're going to take action that's going to look bad on television, but it's going to save lives, and it's going to be totally within the rules of what it is to be a cop. So I'm just fed up. Also, this whole narrative, the cops are somehow anti-black. Listen, there were almost 20, cop, uh, 20 African-Americans killed in the city of Chicago last weekend. Not one of them was killed by a cop. They were killed by other people in the community. Nobody writes about that. Nobody writes about the fact that police encounters with African-Americans, there is no evidence at all showing that. In fact, the evidence goes the other way, that uh, whites are more likely to be shot by police when they have encounters than African-Americans are. That's the reality. But instead we get this false story uh, that somehow cops are after uh, African-Americans. Nobody's done more to save human life, all lives, black lives, white lives, all lives, in the city of New York than the NYPD. Murders have gone down 90% over the last 30 years because of the strong tactics of the NYPD and the overwhelming majority of victims of crime. And this is the reality. The people who are hurt the most by this are people living in those communities. And so if murders are down by 90 percent, that means there's 90 percent more African-Americans were not killed that would have been otherwise. And all of us, whites, Hispanics, Asians, everyone, we're yep. the ones who suffer from the crime. The NYPD stops it. But the overwhelming number of victims of crime, uh, African Americans. So what's going to happen is if the cops start to back away, if the cops are concerned that they're going to lose their job, that they're going to be attacked in the New York Times or on CNN, the cops are going to back off, and who's going to suffer? The people living in those communities are going to suffer because they won't get the police protection that they need. That's the reality. So this whole thing, I don't know one cop, not one cop, who has not condemned what happened in Minneapolis. That was an absolute disgrace. So what, is, what are the demonstrations about? Well, they're saying that's what happens all the time. It doesn't happen all the time. What happened in Minneapolis was a total aberration. It was condemned. It was wrong. And think of all the cops. Cops are much more likely to be attacked than African-Americans are. I think there's 18% more uh, cops are attacked by African-Americans than African-Americans are shot by, uh, by cops. 
And again, just because you're shot doesn't mean the cop is wrong. That's what cops have guns for. And again, whites are uh, shot at a greater percentage That's than blacks right. per capita and also uh, total number. Well said, uh, Congressman King. Yes, uh, uh, for example, I'll give you a, a, one example of uh, the, the, the people being hurt by, say, these, these wilding riots that are going on are the people who live in the inner city. You heard uh, up in the Bronx, a small minority-owned businesses. And this lady in Minnesota, she was complaining, crying. I played the clip yesterday. Her store, her, the drugstore that she goes to was burned down. Where am I going to go for my medicine now? This is terrible. This is terrible. Yeah. The, the media doesn't care. And also, to your point about blaming cops, uh, they, they, the, Bill de Blasio was blaming the cop for pulling his gun on a crowd. And they showed the video of him pulling the, the uh, gun. They didn't show the video of the uh, uh, just before what happened, which was his supervisor got smashed in the skull with a brick. And that's why he pulled the damn gun. And de Blasio saying, that should have never happened. No, what, ha- what should have never happened is the cop should have got hit in the head by the brick, you moron. Yeah, listen, stopping riots is a, is a tough business. You can't be going over and giving a guy flowers and telling him you love him and hug him and everything else. The fact is, whether it's white or black or anyone, if you're in an ugly riot, the fact is that uh, the cops have to be tough to stop it. And I'm not talking about being brutal. I'm saying using the necessary force to stop it. And also, we should make it clear, there's an awful large number of whites in these demonstrations, too. So this is not a racial issue. This nope. is an issue where anarchists are involved. Listen, there's, a, I'm sure, a good percentage of people. They may be misguided. They may be well-intentioned, but innocent people in these marches. But the fact is the marches have been hijacked by anarchists, by radicals, by people, by basically domestic terrorists. And I would say if a person is there as a peaceful protester, they've been protesting now for seven days. They should be able to see that this movement has been hijacked by terrorists. Sure. So when they're in that crowd filling up space, the fact is the uh, innocent people, the peaceful ones, are in many ways preventing the cops from doing the job because they're providing cover. They're enabling the bad guys to do what they want to do. Right. And I'm not even sure there are peaceful protesters. I think that the peaceful protesters are just fine with what the other guys are doing, too. That's just my opinion. You know, i got to tell you, Peter, you're about to retire in November. If I would have said to you, in your last year of your momentous nearly four-decade career, you would watch the president be impeached, a pandemic basically ruin the world, and now race riots that date back to 1968. This last year been exciting enough for you or what? Enough going on? I, 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 I never expected anything like this. Any one of those three would have been un, un, unprecedented. Uh, I mean, you know, hasn't been, there's been one president impeached like what, since uh, Andrew Johnson with Bill Clinton and then... Uh, Donald Trump, then the pandemic, the first one since 1918. And these riots are in many ways worse than they were in 1968 and 67 and 66. Because in those years, the riots were mainly in one or two cities, and then it would go on to another city the next year or two. And even after Martin Luther King, because my father was called off for those riots, he was, a, he was a cop, they lasted several days, but it wasn't as widespread all over the country. Uh, now, I was out in South Bend then in law school. My wife was a teacher, and it was a in a uh, minority community, and the school was wrecked and everything. But again, all that was over in a number of days. This is going on and on. and spread all over the country. It's well-coordinated. You talk to any cop who's down there. And these guys, the anarchists, they're on the phones, they're on scooters, they're on motorbikes. They, they are coordinating this all like a military right. operation. And the cops are expected to stand there and play defense. Last night, the cops were aggressive. The cops were out in large numbers, and they did what they had to do. If the National Guard has to come in, yes, bring in the National Guard. But I think the cops can do it on their own if their hands aren't tied. 
No, you're absolutely right. So uh, I, I, I do want to ask you about uh, Joe Biden throwing the cops under the bus. I mean, he's a total puppet at this point. I really believe he's senile. But uh, uh, to your last point, you say that you, you believe the cops can do it themselves. So you don't think that Cuomo should override uh, Bill de Blasio and send in the National Guard at this point? I guess based maybe on last night's relatively uh, calm night, relatively speaking. I, I think it should be a a day-by-day decision, I mean, based on the fact that so much progress seems to have been made last night, uh, because, again, I think the NYPD, they're the best police force in the world. They can get it done if their hands aren't tied. So let's see, if you need more National Guard, because I've spoken to cops who do think the National Guard should be there. I have no strong position on this. That's, to me, I would leave that to the commanders of the NYPD, not the mayor, not the governor, the commanders of the NYPD. If they think they need the National Guard to hold down certain parts of the city, where they're going after the uh, looters and robbers and other parts of the city, then fine. I'm not, I'm not here to be a military commander. I'm not George Patton. Right. I am saying that let those commanders <laughs> on the ground decide what help they need. And don't be taking cheap shots when the cops do what they have to do. Agreed. Now, listen, there's still about 27,000 cops that uh, we can use here. That's a lot of cops. They're not out there on the street every single night. They're using about 8,000 cops in a force that has about 35,000. So you may not need the National Guard. Put more cops out there, and you'll get exactly and, what and, you and need. let them use tear gas right. or whatever weapons they need. Whatever you got to do. Hey, listen, you know what? Give us, uh, give us 60 seconds, like Bernard just mentioned, on uh, this really shameful rhetoric coming from the Democrat nominee, Joe Biden. Yeah, Joe Biden uh, likes to style himself as being a friend of the police. In fact, when he wrote his... Uh, uh, autobiography several years ago. He actually uh, mentioned me in there saying that I was too critical of President Obama <laughs> after the Ferguson riots and after the, those two poor innocent cops were assassinated in Brooklyn. That somehow I thought that uh, rhetoric from the Obama administration uh, had, had a, uh, a partial responsibility for that. No, the bottom line is yesterday he showed basically where he's truly coming from in that he's willing to throw cops under the bus, a national commission on policing. How about a national com- uh, a commission on how cops are abused, how cops are abused by the very people that they're saving lives for, about how cops every day put their lives on the line for all of us. We can sit back and we can pontificate. We can go on television or radio. We can teach in an Ivy League campus. You know, we can write for a newspaper. But the fact is, it's the cops that are out in the street every day. They're the ones who are ducking the bricks. They're the ones who get shot at. They're the ones who are Molotov cocktails thrown at them. And when they talk about how it's impoverished people who are doing that, how about the two lawyers? How about the two highly educated lawyers who had a car full of Molotov cocktails and were throwing them at the cops the other night? Mm-hmm. Why don't we talk about that? One of them was actually a community board leader. So this isn't people who are impoverished. No. These are people who know what they're doing. They're right. anarchists. They're out to kill the cops. Right. They're staying with the cops. Listen, if a cop doesn't do the job, that's one thing. But don't define for him what his job is and tell him, hey, you've got to get this done. And then you tie the guy's hands and you ask him why he didn't get the job done. Stand with them. Let them get it done. They will. Yeah, and those two, those two lawyers that you're talking about are actually going to be released on bail, these two domestic terrorists, which is unbelievable. And the media gives short shrift to the cops getting shot, the cops getting killed over the last couple of days. It's really a, a, a sad also, situation. Say, a lot of these people being locked up on the streets right now, you know, they get an appearance ticket and they're out. Yeah. Right. So you have to have two cops to bring a guy in to process him, and then the, uh, the, the bad guy is out before the cops are back on the street. That's another thing you yeah, can be angry about with Cuomo, with Cuomo the criminal yeah. bail reform. Yeah, I mean, so it's just time after time it goes back to Governor Cuomo and this idiotic mayor. Anyway, God bless you. We love you. Good luck on uh, Newsmax. Later on today, we'll be watching. You're the best, Peter King. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, Sid. Thank we, you, Bernie. Appreciate, right, it. Really appreciate it. There he is, the great Congressman Peter King right here on the Bernie and Sid Show. we got more phone calls, more guests. Keep it right here. Not even halfway done. Bernie and Sid, hump day Wednesday. 
Original lover, lover. Mm. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> catch a groove, girl. Catch a groove. That's right. Shaggy. Mm. Some of these songs, they, they just make you feel good momentarily, but uh, not a real good time we're living in. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app. Download that app, by the way, folks. 77 WABC app, you can listen to us anywhere and... Why would you want to listen to anybody else? We, I mean, Peter King, we just, uh, he slammed it out of the park. We're going to speak to the owner of uh, Newsmax TV. His name is Chris Ruddy. They're going to interview President Trump today, as is Brian Kilmeade, our colleague right here on WABC at 1030. And uh, I was mentioning, yes, it's not a great time. Uh, last night, they had the curfew. There was some looting, and there was a lot of people on the streets. I'm sorry, there were a lot of people on the streets. Curfew means nobody on the streets, but they were there. And I saw, I was watching some of the local uh, TV news coverage. I saw one reporter trailing a group of quote-unquote protesters, and they were, uh, you know, they were on the margins, on the sidewalks, smashing windows. And then about 30 seconds later, 60 seconds later, the cops roll up behind them and they just walk, walk, walk along. I mean, I don't know. Maybe are they being told to stand down? I don't know what's going on. I mean, somebody smashes a window. You grab that son of a bee and, and uh, you lock his ass up. I don't know if they're being told to stand down. I talked to my friend Louis Spagnola again yesterday. He's a cop in Jersey. There's a lot on the line for these guys. The bottom line is if somebody's taking a video with their stupid phone, and they only show you a quarter of what's going on, like Peter King just talked about. These guys will lose their jobs, their pensions, their lives basically go down the tube. So I don't think at this point they need to be told to stand down. I think they realize no one's got their back. They and, can't win. And that's what the Peter King was mentioning. A lot of people have mentioned the fact that when you demonize cops and do this to them, <clears throat> they're not going to be aggressive. No. They're not going to do their jobs. Well, Bo's told and, us that a million times in studio. Bo Dito, the cops are actually going to you know, allow they, stuff yes. to happen. Exactly. Sure. Uh, you demonize them and, they're gonna, and the brass doesn't back them up. The man and the governor doesn't back them up. They're pointing fingers at them. They're like, why should I put my ass on the line? You're right. But, but I saw it last night. So there was looting. The curfew might have helped, but there were a lot of people on the streets. They were protesting. I saw a uh, New York one. Shannon Ferry was downtown. Yeah. Some high-end store. Yeah. Got looted. Yeah, the window was smashed. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Deb mentioned uh, Tessa Majors. Yeah. The murder of Tessa Majors. Remember that one, folks? Tessa Majors. Right in my neighborhood, right by uh, Columbia University in the park, Morningside Park, about 12 blocks away from my quote-unquote ritzy apartment. She was staffed at that. Uh, she was just trying to buy marijuana, and she ended up dead. She ended up dead, but uh, we, we seem to have forgotten about it. And there were no mass protests. Or, no. And nobody, uh, as I recall, called it a, a racial incident or anything like that, right? No, even though, let me remind everybody, which is a nice setup there, Bernie. Thank you. I don't want to give away this guy's whole name. I'll just call him Danny. And Danny just Instagrammed me this at Sid Rosenberg. Sid, when your station mentions the Tessa Majors murder, can they please stress she was killed by a black boy, just like they always say, killed by a white man or a white cop. I mean, if you want to play the identity politics crap, we could play it. Oh, we could sure, play it all sure day long. Can. Sure we can. We don't want, I mean, you want to talk yeah. about the old man who was beat up in the nursing home that the media completely ignored? The only thing I was, We could play that game. The only thing I would say to you, though, and again, I'm not defending it. I'm on, I'm on Danny's side here. 
But the argument will be, hey, we're not talking about white on black crime or black on white crime. We are talking about civil servants. We pay taxes, too. And these cops are supposed to protect all of us. And they're clearly out to kill us. So they're not necessarily saying that it's black versus white, white versus cop. They're saying us as black people, whether they kill us or just harass us, they make our lives miserable. The cops. That's their argument. And of course, this is a uh, different situation. Of course, they, you, you heard during the pandemic, you got to listen to the data. The data. The data doesn't back that up. But the data doesn't have harassment. The data has shootings and murders, but the average no, kid walking no, no, down the street who gets, no, who gets no, stopped by a cop because he's black, that's not in there. I would, I would uh, posit to you, Sydney, that the data does back that up. How? That, that because it is disproportionately crimes are committed by young black men. Well, that's my answer when somebody comes back at me with, well, wait a second, my son's never committed a crime. He's been stopped three times this year just because he's black. And so, I say, yeah. well, you got to understand you got to understand. You have a the com- community commits most of the crime. Have a conversation in your community. Right. That's, that's the problem. Look, so, if you want to have the conversation, we're having it. It, it. it is a tough conversation to have. It's an adult conversation, and it's something that Charles Barkley, of all people, says all the time. He says we need to clean up our community. It's very easy to blame white people. It's very easy to blame the cops. But until we clean up our own community, things like this will happen, and the victimization and the excuses even black people have had enough. Look, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I believe uh, they, they, they dislike the Asians. Uh, I mean, a lot of people dislike the Asians. Liberal white people uh, and, and others dislike the Asians because they're poor. Uh, they, a lot of them don't speak the English uh, that we speak here, and yet they succeed wildly because they work, and they don't have a chip on their shoulder, and they're not engaged in all this mischievous behavior. They're not engaging with the police. That's why you don't see it. And people hate that. And they're like, oh, you're ruining our narrative. What are you doing? Even George Floyd, again, don't, don't even They're bother. people of color, by the way. Right, don't bother telling me you didn't deserve to die. We got all that. Even him, God rest his soul, did not deserve to die. It's a terrible story. But this is a guy that, that went to prison for like seven years for committing armed robberies. So this guy wasn't a guy walking out of church with his family who was dragged to the streets by some white cop and murdered. This is a guy that has lived a life of crime. You wouldn't know it. He's a great man. He's an, a great man. He's the, he really wasn't a great man. Again, didn't deserve to die. God rest his soul. But he wasn't a great man. But that's not, see, the narrative is he was a great man. He wasn't a yeah, great they, man. They, they take it a little too far. He's, he's yeah. not Nelson Mandela. Of oh. course, he didn't deserve to die, as you right. said. Right. But he ain't, uh, you know, he, whatever. Look, listen, uh, the president was very uh, prescient on Monday when he had his, uh, he had a conversation with a bunch of governors from the country, a, a, a conference call. And he said this. Take a listen. You have to dominate. If you don't dominate, you're wasting your time. They're going to run around. They're going to look like a bunch of jerks. They're going to look like a bunch of jerks. And, and, and you could uh, but just, just, just picture Andrew Cuomo when he says that. Because Cuomo was the one who set the curfew for 11 o'clock Monday night. Cuomo with the acquiescence of uh, the lazy slob, uh, de Blasio, who just let's just discount that guy. He's a buffoon. Uh, Cuomo is the jerk who set the 11 p.m. and allowed all this to happen. He could have displayed, whatever. Oh, we've been through it a million times. But uh, Bill de Blasio, he doesn't want the National Guard. And, and maybe we don't even need it. Maybe he just needs to deploy more cops. We talked to, to Rudy Giuliani yesterday. That's what he said. Just deploy more cops and give them the tools. I, I, Giuliani didn't say, but I say, give them the tear gas, give them the rubber bullets, and let them be aggressive. Let, I mean, I mean you've got to fight fire with fire. Well, one of the reasons why we were so um, uh, good 
at, or successful, I should say, in knocking out the caliphate, ISIS, was that President Trump changed the rules of engagement. Exactly. Imagine if we had some leader in this city who changed the rules of engagement and allowed cops, oh, I don't know, to be cops. And we're not talking, again, not peaceful protests. We're talking about these savages, from these white savages from Antifa who are stoking all this. These, uh, uh, the Princeton uh, Law graduate, the, uh, the Fordham Law graduate, uh, the kid who lost his eye. I mean, uh, I think they were black, though, right? The Princeton. Uh, whatever they are, they they're, were black. they're privileged they were black. people. No, but the whites are worse. There's no question. The whites are worse. Yeah. They're out there, and, and, and look, they're, they're looking for revolution. These are the people, and they're all white, who show up at uh, when, when Milo Yiannopoulos was speaking or Ben Shapiro speaks at a campus. They turn it into a major riot. And Coulter? And, yeah, this is the, these are the same people, but they've taken it. This this organization has evolved to this. They were waiting for a tragedy just like this to exploit. They had it all set, all in motion. Bingo, let's go. Let's execute the plan. And they're doing it. And, of course, uh, it, it's an attack on capitalism, on our way of life is what it is. And we have to fight fire with fire. And we, and we have to fight these people. I'll go out with uh, this guy down in Florida. The okay. po- he's the Polk County Sheriff. All right. Now, this is just outside of Orlando and Tampa. I know exactly where it is. Yep. Lakeland, Florida. He, he's talking about, in, in particular, there were people who were vandalizing and uh, menacing residential neighborhoods. And this is the Polk County Sheriff on that. I would tell them if you value your life, you probably shouldn't do that in Polk County because the people of Polk County like guns. They have guns. I encourage them to own guns. And they're going to be in their homes tonight with their guns loaded. And if you try to break into their homes to steal, to set fires, I'm highly recommending they blow you back out of the house with their guns. Oh <laughs> so God. leave the community oh alone. Oh, my God. I'm not gay, but I want to have sex with that guy. <laughs> you, 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 oh. How much do you love? Oh, I mean, my God. Look, this is what we need. Give me a cigarette, please, somebody. This is what we need, oh, America. God. You got to fight fire with fire. What's that guy's name? His name is, uh, let's see. Hold on a second. I'm going to tweet him. His name is Grady Judd, the Polk County Sheriff, Grady Judd. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a city boy, always ambivalent about guns. Oh. But damn, do I wish I had an arsenal in my house right now. Because this is how fragile society is. This is how fragile, I mean, you could, and at any time now, these cops could just say, I'm done with this stuff. They could. And you got no cops. And you couldn't blame and you, them. And you got a bunch of uh, savages from Antifa, these white savages, and, of course, the, uh, the, the kids that they're taking advantage of from the hood. Which are also, they're also, let's not ex- completely excuse some of the black not kids com- that no, are no, breaking no, things and doing things. But- you have the, the, the government officials are allowing them right out of jail as soon as they break into Macy's. Yep. They loot Macy's right out of jail. And the cops are getting run over by cars. And then the governor's blaming the cops. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're on your own. You're fending for yourself. I wish I had an arsenal of guns. Now I understand why these... Uh, you know, what I used to refer to as the rednecks, the Midwesterns, or whatever. Yeah. They love their guns. Now I know why. Makes sense. There's a damn good reason for it. Love it. I love when you talk tough, too, by the way. I love it. <laughs> You're very sexy. You really are. Oh, my God. I just played this song coming home from Breezy from the beach on Sunday. This is Evelyn Champagne King, right? Shame. Oh, I used to let me, I used to burn up that dance for a minute. I burned it up. You gotta see the look, look on your face. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> if I had my outfit on from yesterday, my, as you call yes. it, my Tony Sirico outfit, you'd bust the move right I now. I would bust the move right now. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you don't have the outfit on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, 
Our buddy Russ Salzburg has a new podcast, right? He does. His podcast of call is, uh, it's called, what the hell is the name of his podcast? It's called a, uh, tell me, Matt, go ahead. It is the other, what Get we a load here? of this. Our other pandemics. Yes, no, 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 it's called Get a load of this. And the title of this one is called Our Other Pandemic Systemic, Systemic Pandering. That's a great title. That our, is a good Our one. Other Pandemic Systemic Pandering. Excellent. Get a load of this Russ Salzberg podcast anywhere where you get podcasts and WABCradio.com. All right. Russ does a terrific job. We love Russ. Uh, 940. Christopher Ruddy will be here. He is the CEO, the president of uh, Newsmax. 840. I stand corrected. He's coming up in 15 minutes. And they're going to have Donald Trump on Newsmax later on tonight with Sean Spicer. But you'll have a chance to listen to Donald Trump first right here. Coming up at 10.34 a.m. this morning with our guy Brian Kilmeade, who follows the Bernie and Sid Show every morning right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Lou is in Brooklyn, and uh, he's on line three. Good morning, Louie from Brooklyn. How are you? Hey, buddy. I've never been so disgusted as I've been this past week. I got a million things I could tell you, but I want to break it down to just two very quick points. Number one, Peter King before said, in regarding the cop that ran those people, he said any human being in that position can do the same thing, including the guy in Charlottesville who was kangaroo courted into a 419-year jail sentence, even though the cops down there led those people into a cul-de-sac where Antifa was waiting to ambush him. That guy, go look at the footage of that, of that, of that uh, uh, incident. So what are you saying? So what's 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 your issue? So, so well, the guy was uh, he was uh, uh, you know tried and true uh, neo Nazi, right, right? So uh, w- whatever. Anyway, we're, we're, let's stick with the cops. So the you cops, say- the cops that were, were surrounded, they were like George Custer, and they would have ended up like George Custer if they didn't just gingerly drive the trucks out of the way, right. which is all they did. They didn't put the foot on the metal like the uh, the truck driver did in uh, Nice, France, a couple Julys ago. So who are you siding with here? What I'm telling, telling you is if you're in a car and you're being swarmed by hundreds of armed maniacs right. trying to destroy your car and pull you out of it to kill you, you're going to drive through those things. Okay, good. So we agree yeah, with you. Thank you, Lou. We Thank totally you. agree. Totally agree. The, the cops did the right thing, and anybody in their right mind would have done the same exact thing. So thank you for that phone call, Lewis. Let's go uh, to my other hometown from Brooklyn to Boca Raton. Jimmy is in Boca on line five. Good morning, Jimmy. Good morning, Sid. How are you? Good morning, Good. Bernie. Thank Hello, Jimmy. It's been a terrific, terrific show today. Thank you. I am deeply, deeply not concerned, but I'm sick over the state of the United States at this particular time. And, you know, you guys have mentioned uh, the National Guard a few times this morning, and uh, uh, Peter King, who I love more than anything in the world, mentioned them as well. Um, and the thought really came out, well, maybe they're not needed. So I got curious, and I went to Google, and I looked up what is the president's authority in deploying the National Guard. And here's what I came up with. The Supreme Court upheld this law in 1990, ruling against Minnesota's governor in Pepperidge versus. Department of Defense. In 2006, Congress passed the 2007 National Defense Authorization Act, which gave the president the authority to mobilize National Guard units within the United States without 
and I repeat, without the consent of state governors. Gentlemen, I tell you this. I tell you that the police are being told to stand down by the mayors, by the governors, and by whatever person who else wants to declare themselves kings over a certain area. Now, you are a thousand percent correct. The National Guard has worked in, in Minneapolis and has worked in Washington, D.C., the federal troops. The president can nationalize the National Guard or he can invoke the Insurrection Act, in which case he can send in the regular military, the right. Army, right. the Marine Corps, which George Bush 41 did in Los Angeles which Trump in, has talked in 1992. About Trump talked about doing yes. just that, the Insurrection Act. That's what uh, he seems to be leaning more towards than uh, the National Guard above and beyond what the local governors want. Right, but uh, the, the stuff tamped down a little bit here in New York last night. Maybe the police can handle it. Maybe they can't. The, the, the argument against doing it here is that we have, uh, in numbers, we have enough police. They just have to be deployed That's right. and given the proper tools. Right. We've got about 35,000, maybe 38,000, I believe eight of the 38 have been deployed. That's it. And that's been doubled from the initial, which was 4,000. Now the police, by the way, uh, no days off. Any cop, no days any off. days off, yep. no days off. No Seven days, days off. a week, pal. And 12 to 16-hour shifts. Kiss your family goodbye and uh, get the, the riot helmet, and you got no days off. Terrible. You want to be a cop, folks? You want to <laughs> spit on the cops? Well, you, you're a, you're a, a lowlife if you do. Agreed. We're going to talk to the CEO of Newsmax. They've got President Trump on there later on tonight on Sean Spicer's show. Our friend Christopher Ruddy on the Bernie and Sid show right after this. That's what it feels like. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. It does, right? We got fun and games. Yeah, it does. But uh, hopefully we'll get back to normal at some point. In the meantime... Our next guest, he happens to be the CEO and the editor of a great TV network right now. It's called Newsmax TV. His name is Chris Ruddy. Good morning to you, Chris. Bernie, good morning. Thank you for having me on. It is a pleasure to have you, Chris Ruddy. We met you, uh, Sid and I did, uh, over at Newsmax a couple of times. And uh, you used to come on with Mr. Imus, and now you're on with us. And it's great, great, great to have you. So uh, I am big fans of both of yours. And uh, even when Sid was down in Florida broadcasting, I remember those days. So now he's made the big time in New York, and I'm glad. Uh, well, out. thank you. I appreciate that. I know you have offices in Boca, where I live, too. i tell you what, Chris, before Bernie brings up the Donald Trump interview later on today, because we happen to like you very, very much. And Bernie mentioned Newsmax is the only place to go. Even Fox News has people like uh, Chris Wallace. Now, you can't go there. Oh, You're the terrible. only place to go. You're the only place to go. So a bit of a programming idea. You love us. We love you. How about simulcasting Bernie and Sid in the morning on Newsmax? <laughs> you know, the problem is, and we've talked about this before, we just can't afford your rates. You guys are just so expensive for Newsmax. Yeah. If you could get John Katz, right. you know, I think John Katz is a great guy, and if he could uh, sponsor it, it'd only be like $2 million a year, I think, to have Newsmax. <laughs> He's running for mayor. He needs that cash for that, but thank you for that. We Listen, what well, John has done, I just, my hat is off to him for, for taking ABC and making it, again, a flagship station and. He's a great guy and a great friend of Newsmax, and I'm glad he has you guys on. And maybe the next mayor of New York City, too, Chris Ruddy. But uh, let us talk about your Newsmax TV. Of course, uh, Mike Huckabee, Michelle Malkin, who is terrific, uh, Chris Salcedo, a bunch of great people, and, of course, Sean Spicer. And he is going to be interviewing on Newsmax TV today the president of the United States. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, really big news. Sean is sitting down with the president. We're going to be airing the interview tonight. It'll be a half hour at 6 p.m. Eastern on his show. It re-airs 9 p.m. And uh, Sean is the first White House press secretary, former press secretary, ever to sit and interview a current existing sitting president of the United States. Interesting. So this is sort of historic, and it's going to be at least a half hour, which is a lot of time for the president to speak. He hasn't given an interview in the past week or so. He has a lot to say, we're told, about what's going on with the protests, about Twitter, about the economy and the coronavirus recovery. And we're going to explore, Sean wants to explore things you haven't heard about the president before, because a lot of people in the media don't talk about his personal side. And um, I think it's going to be a very riveting, very interesting interview. It is interesting, his personal side, when you consider that, yes, now he lives on Pennsylvania Avenue, Chris, but, you know, of course, a New Yorker, true and true, his whole life. And the pandemic, of course, we were the epicenter of that. The riots, we've kind of become the epicenter of that, too. So while Donald Trump's job is to run the whole country, he lives in Washington, D.C., it is his own city where he thrived and made the man he is today that's really been under attack for the better part of three months. And believe me, he really feels it. He really does feel, you know, they say, oh, he's not empathetic. He's upset that New York is burning. He's upset that de Blasio is, is a crazy mayor. And it bothers him. Uh, you know, when these guys, he takes these things very personal. And, and even the Floyd death, they say, oh, he wasn't empathetic. This is a guy, he, he does not like an injustice. He's fought racism his whole life. He used to get awards from people like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. And when he was a Republican, when he became a Republican, they call him a racist. No, you're right. He opened up his clubs to, to, to blacks, all sorts of things yes. he's done. Yes, indeed. And, of course, uh, he elevated women to uh, high positions in his company. And uh, regarding uh, the, the, the African-American community, economic opportunity zones, criminal justice reform, the lowest unemployment rate in history, in history for black people. Uh, so, no, the president, and, and yes, right after the uh, George Floyd incident, he, he couldn't say enough how sad and how disappointed he was, and that he, 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 he instructed the DOJ and the FBI immediately to conduct an investigation. So I don't know what people are saying about him, uh, what kind of fault, where they get these falsehoods, but the guy is empathetic, and he was on the right side of this from the beginning. D David Horowitz has a new book out. It's called Blitz, and he, he wrote it like six months ago, but he said the Democrats are going to have to incite a race war, and this book's just out this week in blitz he says they got to incite a race war to defeat trump because he's cutting into the black vote too much and i think if you look at this it's all in blue state cities they're 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 they keep giving coddling these quote-unquote peaceful protests and i'm i'm sorry you're not if you show up and people are looting throwing incendiary devices at police firebombing cars you're not a peaceful protester you're an accomplice if you're standing nearby and you're and you're blocking the police to get in there and stop this nonsense. So, you know, I think yeah. the president, it's political. It really is political. That's what this is about. It's an effort to stop Trump because they didn't have anything else. True. He is the CEO and editor of Newsmax. It's uh, Chris Ruddy, our friend here on the Bernie and Sid Show. You know, Chris, obviously, uh, President Trump emotes this uh, tremendous amount of confidence, which he does have. That's, that's not an act. That, that's who he is. And he's been successful at everything in life, right? whether it's been television or business or he ran once for office and he wins the presidency. It's gone pretty well for President Trump. Uh, but I have to wonder if he really is maybe nervous is a bit strong, but concerned 
that between the pandemic and this, I know we could use Richard Nixon as an example of a guy that won after difficult times, law and order. But I wonder if President Trump is seriously concerned about losing in November. Well, you know, I would describe it more like a boxer. You know, Donald Trump's unflappable. I've never seen him, quote unquote, choke or get nervous or he actually likes these uh, sometimes these incidents that uh, that most people would run away from. But I would say he's been thrown off balance. You know, maybe a punch came out unexpected, the coronavirus, the invisible enemy, and now this protest and the immediate attacks are ramping up. But I think we're seeing a resolve here, and I think the public's seeing through it. You know, they tried, these were not peaceful protests. They tried to burn a historic church that's part of our country's history. And he went over to make a, a statement that he was not going to stand for that. And then they, they spent three days attacking him for moving the protesters, who really had no legal right. You, you're supposed to be permitted to have 5,000 people stand around in a city venue. Uh, so they were perfectly, the president was perfectly fine in moving them down the street. He didn't, he didn't shoot anyone. They didn't arrest anyone. But no, all and they, they didn't use tear gas, as has been reported, no tear gas. And they were warned three times to get out of the way that he was coming through. Yeah, I mean, he has every right. The president has a right. They tried to burn the church. He was going to make a statement that he was not going to stand for it. And he walked over. I think he's perfectly right. And it's just this, this the son, you know, we're facing about, and even Fox News. I was a little surprised Tucker Carlson was attacking the president the other night, saying that he says embarrassing things and not showing leadership. I think he's wrong. I think the president's showing a lot of leadership. It's the media that we have a problem. I wish Tucker was attacking the media a lot more than attacking the president. That's surprising, because Tucker is usually right there with the president. But listen, that, uh, when we opened up, I mentioned the fact that I mentioned Chris Wallace. There are others, uh, Williams, and, uh, you know, obviously, what's-his-name just left? Uh, what was his name? Oh, Sh- uh, Shepard Smith. Smith, and then if some, some other people there uh, that are just Come hor- on. horrendous. So when you look at Newsmax, you guys are very consistent throughout the day, and I wonder why the rest of these networks, including Fox News, the last people you would think would have gone in that direction, why couldn't Fox News remain consistent? Why do you guys have to be the only place to go? Well, look, you know, uh, if you watch MSNBC and CNN, they are 100% consistent attacking Trump. They won't even have Republicans on. CNN used to have me on occasionally to, to talk about the president, what I know about him. I've known him for 20 years. They don't have me on anymore. They don't want to have any voices that will defend or give another point of view uh, with President Trump. And Fox seems like it really has to go out on a limb to attack the president. The president has said to me that he thinks Fox News is about 60 percent good. But, you know, if you look at CNN and MSNBC, it's 100 percent attacking him. So Newsmax's view is, you know, we just need to tell the facts. We're not here to be the White House press office. Tell the facts. Alan Dershowitz, you know, is a famous liberal. He's on Newsmax all the time, and he's, he's defending the president not because politically he didn't vote for him. He voted for Hillary, but because he thinks that, that the president has the moral high ground, and that's what the story Newsmax tries to tell. So uh, news, Chris Ruddy, CEO, editor of Newsmax, uh, today with Sean Spicer will interview the president on Newsmax TV. It's going to air again at what time now, Chris Ruddy? 6 p.m., and we're on FIO 615, Optimum 102 on Long Island, Westchester, on Spectrum, I think it's 222 or 172. We're on Xfinity, all of the major channels, UVerse 1220 in New York, 
Um, all of the major channels carry us now. We're in 70 million cable homes. Or you can download our app on, our, on your smartphone for free and watch Newsmax anywhere. And you've been talking uh, throughout this conversation about President Trump. You've known him for 20 years. You still continually uh, speak to him on a regular basis. You have conversations with him. You, you had a recent conversation. Again, Sid asked you earlier, sure. his state of sure. mind these days right now? I mean, uh, what do sure. you say? We've spoken. Uh, we've spoken uh, several times over the past several weeks by phone. I'm down here in Florida. He's in Washington. But you know, uh, I don't reveal a lot on the private conversations that we have. But I would say that he's very resolute, mm. and he's also very optimistic about the economy. He was saying, you know, he's the guy because he built the U.S. economy to the best since in the past 50 years. So if you're making a choice between Biden or Trump, who do you want? to do the recovery. <laughs> kind of easy, yeah, right? Not Come even, on, not even, no you, know, you mentioned the fact you're down in Florida. You're in Boca, right? You're in Boca? I'm Boca. Okay, yeah. so me too. Max is headquartered there and, new, and in New York no, City. But you, 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 your Boca headquarters are very close to my house. So just from a personal standpoint, we got to deal with this Governor Cuomo every day, who's a, you know, he, he talks out of both sides of his mouth, and he says horrible things about the cops and President Trump. We can't stand this guy. Yet on the other side of things, you got Ron DeSantis. He's a hero to me. I still own my home in Boca. And I thought he'd done a great job down in Florida, but not as well. Uh, look at the contrast between Governor Cuomo here in New York, Chris Ruddy, and the job Ron DeSantis has done down in Florida. It's a tale of two cities, Sid. I mean, you've been down to Florida. It's well-managed. The, the state budget's half the size. The taxes are uh, probably a third of what you have in New York. And it's yep. just a better managed. And look, when we had the crisis, there's, you go in the hospitals, they're all empty down here. There's no crisis. New York, you now have the worst rate of deaths in the country. It's, just, it's, just, it's, just, it's really sad commentary on New York and the governor's management of the crisis. Yes, yeah, so I would say uh, regarding November, Chris Ruddy, uh, uh, the COVID thing, he was, uh, you know, the recovery is going to start uh, perhaps this quarter, towards the end of this quarter, and it will continue up until Election Day. Uh, people do want law and order, so that's going to be the, uh, it's going to actually backfire on them, all of these riots and stuff, in Trump's favor. Uh, so I think we're looking good in November. I remain optimistic, but anyway, uh, the president will be on Newsmax TV today with uh, Sean Spicer at 6 o'clock and 11 o'clock on Newsmax TV. Again, Chris Ruddy, CEO and editor of Newsmax. Hey, Chris, you're great. We thank you for doing this, and, and thanks for putting together a, a network that supports the, uh, the, the right side. Well, and we always like having you guys on, so anytime you want to be on Newsmax TV and have something to tell us, just come on over. Uh, thank you. And by the way, give my regards to Steve Lapper. The only reason why I'm in New York today and my career is where it is today is because of Steve Lapper. So give my regards, okay? He is Mr. Radio. He, he is. Number one. He loves you, and we love you too. So thank Very you, Chris. Good. All right, bye. All right, bye. Chris Ruddy there, Newsmax TV, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. I just got a text from the brilliant comedian Jim Brewer. And if you saw my IG Live program for my living room with Jim Brewer last Thursday night, you know that Jim, a comedian, funniest guy on the planet, but he feels very strongly about what's going on. Big President Trump guy and really sick of de Blasio and Cuomo. You, you know, and he wouldn't come out of that uh, closet for a long time. Now but, he's but out. now he's out. He's out. He's pro-Trump, and he's, he's, he's proud about it. In a big way. He's going to join us at 940 this morning. So what a show, right? Peter King, Chris Ruddy, and the brilliant comedian Jim Brewer. Only right here on Bernie and Sid. Fourth and final hour, folks. Welcome back. Bernie and Sid in the morning show. Talk Radio 77 WABC. The brilliant and hilarious comic Jim Brewer, who's actually got a lot of really good political insight. 
He was on my Instagram live show last week. He's going to join Bernie and me coming up at 940. You know, the, uh, the president, who once again is going to be on with Brian Kilmeade on this station, 1034 a.m. this morning, and on Newsmax television tonight with Sean Spicer. And we're uh, fans of the president on this show, big fans. But he's setting himself up for disaster this weekend. Just disaster. This weekend? Yeah, he's setting himself up. Uh-oh, what's happening here? Well, he's heading back, as he should. It's summertime. It's not like the guy doesn't work his ass off. But he is uh, his summer ritual of going to his golf course in Bedminster, New Jersey. He is going back this weekend. He's going to golf and spend time there. And I'm just telling you, if there's more of these riots and more civil unrest around the country, even though we know Obama played golf a million times and mm-hmm. the famous photo op, of course, after James Foley and Stephen were beheaded by ISIS, him and his golf cart, this is going to be a lot of ammunition. Trump on his golf course in New Jersey oh, when the world is on fire. They will obsess over it. Yes, they will. Well, let's hope uh, last night really there was a tamping down of some of the violence and the looting in many, many cities. Minneapolis is, uh, is pretty cool right now, knock on wood. Uh, Washington, D.C., even L.A. Uh, the only places that got out of hand really was Seattle, uh, a little bit, and, and maybe Brockton, Massachusetts, which is kind of weird. Yeah. But uh, even in New York, the curfew appeared to have some effect, though a lot of people were on the streets. Way too many people were on the streets. Way, way, way too many people. Even with the curfew. Some, some stores were looted still. Yeah. But, Not many, uh, it, but it wasn't like it was Monday night. No. So uh, maybe uh, we're turning a corner on that. I don't know. And by the way, let me just remind people. Uh, I know the people who, who, who I'm intending this for are not listening. But the person in charge of the prosecution of these cops, they say, oh, you got to upgrade the charges with this guy who knelt on his neck. You got to charge the other three cops. You know who's in charge of the prosecution? Yeah, Keith Ellison. Keith Ellison, who's the attorney general. He's a friend of Louis Farrakhan. He's, a, he's, a, he's a, a, a bona fide Jew hater. He's a radical leftist. He's in charge of the prosecution. <laughs> Go protest outside his house, okay? He's the one in charge of it. I, I'm with you. They not only want, of course, to upgrade the charges, which right now I believe is murder three, which is manslaughter, basically, for this cop, but they want the other three guys also. Uh, yeah. What do you, what do you want us to do? What do you, what do you want people to do? Uh, I mean, the guy already faces 25 years. Upgrade the charges. I really don't care. Right. The guy's on death watch. He's on suicide watch right now. You know what? Uh, You know, maybe the the guards should look the other way. Who knows? They did it for Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get get past this chapter. I did watch the Netflix special, I guess special, whatever it is, on Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, I got to tell you. I don't think people have any idea how many thousands and thousands of young girls this guy took advantage of. I mean, thousands. The guy has a ranch in, had a ranch in New Mexico. Which, by the way, the, all three of the Clintons, uh, Chelsea, Hillary, and Bill, were guests at. At that ranch. Yep. He's got the place on, in the Caribbean where Bill also was a yep. guest or many G- times. And Bill was, uh, apparently, he was hosing uh, Gise Lane Maxwell. Yes, his go-to and, girl, and, his, and, his and, madame. And they say uh, they came out with that now because that, that sort of deflects. It says, well, that's why he was hanging around Epstein, because he had something going on with her. Not the young girls. Right. That's, right. That's, see, right. that's the little Machiavellian ploy right. that they're trying to uh, I, I believe it's both. I think he was with Gisley. Yeah, I mean, come on. But he got plenty of young girls. Are you girls kidding still. me? Yeah. Then he had the house, Slick the apartment house here in New York. And there was one more. 
So we had four destinations, four, that he used, and every one of them had rooms for these quote-unquote massages, which more than often turned into oral sex and intercourse. (laughs) Thousands and thousands of young girls that this guy took advantage of. He was a real... I, I, I still think he was murdered. I'm sorry. I, there's too many people uh, wanted this guy dead. You know, you know just, was, if he was, he should have been. Yeah. And if he wasn't... Well, it, it's like this cop in Minneapolis. If he gets murdered in prison, you're going to care? No. No. No, no, no. no. Uh, I don't care about Jeffrey Epstein. He's gone. He hung himself. He was miserable at the end. Uh, at least we could take solace in that. Yeah. Hillary Clinton, uh, according to Jim Brewer, who's going to join us at 940. I know this is not what we're talking about right now because on a very local note, uh, our city's on fire. But uh, today, Hillary Clinton lost her appeal and must testify under oath in regards to her incriminating emails. Thank you, Senator Graham, very much. <laughs> Lindsey <laughs> Graham. Tomorrow, Rod Rosenstein testifies uh, that's right. about Obamagate. And Thursday, Senate votes to subpoena Barack Obama himself, the White House, and DOJ officials about that whole nonsense. So if you, you see what's going on with the left... And how really corrupt they are, starting today with Hillary, the next three days, could be some good news for... It could be. And this is why they love they love the pandemic. They love the rioting. It takes away from holding these guilty people accountable. They did some really, really horrible things, uh, these people, including Rod Rosenstein. He was probably one of the conspirators. He was, he was, a, he was a rat weasel on both sides, really. He was the guy who was going to uh, wear a wire and try to have a conversation with President Trump. Remember, they wanted yeah, to invoke the 25th yes. Amendment. Yep. President uh, uh, Trump is out of his mind. So let me wear a wire, mm. and I'll go have a conversation with him and get him to say some stupid things, and then we can prove that he's really crazy, and then we can get rid of him. Right. Well, I mean, this whole coup d'etat that they attempted is being exposed. They're being held accountable. And Hillary Clinton with the emails, she's still not off the hook, uh, thanks to Senator Graham. Nor should she be. I mean, there's no question she broke the law. Forgetting about it, she broke the law. They were classified, and right. she erased them. They were subpoenaed, and she got rid of them. Yeah, you can't make it up. So hopefully uh, with that ruling today, that as you say, it's not over yet. Tom is in New Jersey. He's online too this morning. Good morning, Tommy. Good morning, guys. I tell you, uh, you just you just keep getting better and better. And uh, as, as I mentioned to your screener, who, who by the way should start a voice school and teach <laughs> people how to talk and have manners like her. Um, when I was a kid, I'm dating myself. I have a few years on you guys. WABC was a music station, but they called their their DJs the good guys. And I think. Looking through the veil of all these years, 50, 55 years down the line, you guys are the good guys. Ah, thank you, Tom. That means a lot to us. That's thank very you nice. very, very much. Very nice. Thank That's you. really nice. Thank you. And Arielle appreciates it, too. She's answering phones today. So we really appreciate that, Tom. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's go to New Rochelle. Remember that place? That was the, uh, the place they shut down when the pandemic Oish. started. <laughs> Lenny is in New Rochelle on line three. Good morning, Len. Good morning, Bernie and Sid. You guys are my salvation. Six o'clock every morning. I listen to you guys Thank like you. every day. Thank you. Every Appreciate it. Thank you. God bless you. I have a son who's a lieutenant in the NYPD. Thank you for his thank him for his service. Thank you for that. Every day I do. He's in a group called the Strategic Reaction Force, the SRF, which I'm not sure if you know who they are, but it's a group of about six hundred cops. They're deployed throughout all of the, the boroughs. And these are the guys you see on the bicycle sometime when you go by and you watch them. Yes. 
they are, they are specifically trained in crowd control, and therefore they're on the front lines every single night. My son has been working 12 to 16-hour shifts for the last six days. He's exhausted, and in that time, he's been beaten up twice, been hit in the head with a brick, had paint sprayed mm-hmm. in his face, and he's exhausted. Right. And the night before last, when things were totally out of control, and I talked to him every single day, I said, why can't you guys get this under control? He says, Dad, they're not giving us the resources we need down there. We're overwhelmed. Yep. We have four to 5,000 cops down here, and there are 20,000, 30,000 protesters. That's all because, I guess, de Blasio is holding back. They're starting to release a little bit now. And Cuomo, he's pandering. He knows what's going on. He's playing Machiavelli, and, and yes. he's trying to appeal to both sides. He really is a double-talking, uh, grandstanding uh, coward is what he is. He really is the worst because he is he's smart. De Blasio is really kind of stupid. Yeah. Uh, Cuomo is very slick, very, very slick, mm-hmm. and he is playing both sides. What's so slick anymore? I know some people, and by the way, Lenny, thank you, and uh, tell your son good luck from Bernie and Sid, and thank him for his service. He's, he's just dangerous. I know he's some people. Very that, dangerous. Yeah, I know some people that liked him a lot uh, that have now gone completely the other way in the last week to 10 days. It could it be that he murdered uh, maybe over 5,000 old people? Could it be that he condemned the police? Who were getting killed, getting assaulted, uh, hit okay, by listen, cars? Very anecdotal, but the folks I'm talking about gave him a pass for the old people. They did. I don't know why, but they did. The cop stuff really has him pissed, uh, angry because I like this guy's got his own special detail of cops protecting him every single day. Yeah, no matter where Andrew he's Cuomo got goes, it made. he's got it made right. But the poor people on the street have to worry about getting killed inside their own doorways or their, their stores being burned down. They don't have what Andrew Cuomo has. So the people I talk to say, you know, the, the old people, the, the nursing homes, uh, he, uh, maybe. But the cop thing really has a lot of people going the other way in Andrew If de Blasio's not doing the job, as you claim, and uh, you must displace him and it, it put in the National Guard, you have to do it. It's a public safety crisis we're, go- we're going through right now. And but- he's got the power to do it. If this, the, only guy, the guy that can get de Blasio out of office, and it would not be chaotic, it would be a lifesaver, is the governor, Andrew Cuomo. Jim Brewer, going to be here at 940. We're not going to make America great again. Hey, hey, hey. I feel like I'm in McSorley's. Did you ever go to McSorley's? You got to put your mic on, bro. I used to go with uh, Lou Rafino. Yeah. There and we uh, are. I went there a couple of times. In fact, the last time was after I played tennis with Chris Russo against Joe Abood and Patrick McEnroe. You got to love a joint that has uh, sawdust on the floor, right? Sawdust. It's why I always <laughs> like Peter Luger's in uh, Luger, I should say. Excuse me. Peter Luger in Williamsburg because it's those floors. But you're right. So- McSorley's has is, is got to be the... The oldest and best New York bar, no? Uh, no doubt about it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a tradition. I've never been there myself, to be quite honest with you. Oh, really? I mean, I've been in That's it. That's so funny. I was in it, but there was nobody there. I wasn't drinking. Ah. Uh, now, let's get back to this. Uh, last night wasn't so bad. These looters, these anarchists uh, apparently were, I don't know, curtailed somewhat. You know, they also had roadblocks. You could not get into uh, New York City, 96th Street, south of 96th Street, if you wanted to get in. I mean, they actually yeah. were checking people's licenses because the yeah. night before, you had all kinds of out-of-state cars. They were loading up the cars with loot. Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Massachusetts, uh, some of the northern states. And, and some, some high-scale uh, Mercedes and uh, you oh, know, yeah. very nice cars. Yeah. Uh, one of them was just abandoned. I don't know what the hell happened. But, again, the whole thing organized, orchestrated 
but they're just the wilding uh, uh, criminals out there is what they are. I mean, amongst the peaceful demonstrators, uh, you know, those people, they, they've been, the whole thing has been co-opted and hijacked. I, I mentioned the fact earlier that Black Lives Matter is actually, there's a rift going on between them and Antifa. They think uh, Antifa is ruining their cause. And so there was a, the, the white savages from Antifa who want to, who want to overthrow this government and, and, and destroy our way of life, uh, capitalism and everything. And, and by the way, capitalism was just sailing, swimming beautifully right up until the pandemic. It was going great. Uh, and now this, uh, at the end of the, we're coming out of the pandemic and now we have this. And they were all cocked in and loaded, ready for a tragedy, ready to act. This is all, again, smart people in charge, not a bunch of... Uh, you know, lice-infested uh, 20-somethings in their mom's basement. This is a very well-orchestrated, smart operation. Uh, you had the uh, Princeton uh, graduate. You had the Fordham Law graduate. These are, uh, these are domestic terrorists, and those people are being bailed out, being let out of jail. And, of course, same thing with the, uh, the looters and the rioters. Every, every mutt that was dragged out of Macy's 34th Street the other day got a ticket and got to go home. To do, a, to do this again. I mean, what kind of lesson does that, what kind of message does that send to these people? I don't know. It's just, it's, it's very sickening. And that goes back to, of course, Governor Cuomo, the, 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 the smooth dude in a cool mood while people are dying. And uh, what? Have you heard of this guy, David Harris Jr.? No. Okay. For some reason, I guess he's another candidate. He's going to be maybe the, the third one alongside Trump and Biden. He's an African-American man. But I think he has more conservative values. And he's starting to get a lot of play. I don't know who the guy is. But between my Facebook private message and Instagram private message, both at Sid Rosenberg, I've gotten at least 20 videos sent to me about this guy, David Harris Jr. I don't know who he is either. But I guess, again, African-American, more conservative than liberal. Uh, looking to be a third-party candidate for president. For president, okay, well, David Harris. God Jr. bless. Uh, listen, uh, President Trump has uh, w- over ninety-six percent Republican support. This guy, I mean, if he's going to run, run as a Republican, a third party, he could run. He's as, the third party. A, yeah, he, yeah. Well, he won't run as a Republican. Yeah. Now, I did see this morning, and I know that you made the point, and you're right about it. The polls, which are really, really rigged, rigged for Democrats, but he is down now to a thirty-nine percent approval. Yeah. Yeah, well, Reuters. listen, uh, look, the, the press that he gets, look, look how dishonest the press is. You had four cops shot in St. Louis. You had a retired uh, St. Louis captain. He was shot. It was uh, streamed live on Facebook. Network News didn't even cover it. Nobody covered it. And usually if it, if it bleeds, it leads, right? No, we got to cover up. It, I mean, it's all... Uh, how quick can we get to the anti-Trump stuff? We'll get past the, uh, you know, the peaceful protesters. Meanwhile, uh, three-quarters of them are rioters or whatever it is. Uh, but how soon can we get to uh, Trump and what he did uh, by waving a Bible in front of a church? The, 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 you know, the felony that he committed by walking across Lafayette Park. Uh, when, by the way, and they misreported there was no tear gas used. They were warned three times. A.G. Barr ordered the, uh, the, the military police, et cetera, to move the crowd. And they, they were more upset at the president holding up a Bible in front of a church than they were at people setting fire to the church. I mean, absolute sickness. Steve is in Manhattan. Good morning, Steve. Yeah. 
I know you're there, Steve. Yeah, the Blasio Wilhelm is the Tower of Jelly. And good morning, gentlemen, everyone listening. What you're looking at, folks, when you see these rioters, this is the new generation of brainwashed Frankenstein monsters. They're looting, burning, killing. It's total mayhem. And the thing is, you have to remember, I've said this for years, they're allowed to loot. No matter anybody talks big out there, we're going to get the guard in there, the 101st Airborne, they are allowed to loot, destroy the place. So if you, your family, someone happens to be in that area, you could get your head handed to you. I was outside. I watched those protests from a safe distance and how it got crazy late at night. It's total bedlam. They're coming in here. They're doing what they do best, rob and loot and Robbing and stealing. They're wilding is what they're doing. Uh, it's criminal. It's felony uh, a robbery, felony uh, assault. It is disgusting. And, by the way, they did it up in the Bronx, got short shrift. A lot of uh, a lot of small minority small businesses. One place in particular that hit me. It's called it's called the Bronx Optical Center. I mean, they're trying to you know revive these neighborhoods, and in the Bronx of all places, these these small businesses and these Hispanic uh, business owners and and these Arab guys or Indian guys or whatever the hell they are. I mean, you feel you your heart bleeds for them. Yeah. And Ruben Diaz Jr. was up there saying yesterday, they're mom and pop stores, they're community uh, minority community owned. Right. What the hell are you doing? Uh, I mean, how question. how stupid are you? Oh, very. And yet, the cowards, the cowardly leaders that we have, just pander to them like that schmuck, a uh, retard, a uh, dotard, Biden. Biden's speech yesterday was disgraceful. Yeah. And Cuomo's was no better. Worse. And de Blasio, for, I, I, mean, no, you know, they, I don't even want to mention him anymore. It's terrible. Well, listen, another guy that's really frustrated like you and I are, his job is to make people laugh, and he's the best in the world at it. But he's got the same frustrations that we've got. The brilliant comedian Jim Brewer on all these topics is coming up next. Yep. Loves his ACDC. You know that. He's a brilliant comedian. When uh, the world was, well, the world. He had a monthly residence at the Paramount Theater on Long Island. In Huntington, yes. That's right. He, in fact, Billy Joel even called him on stage one time to sing last year, some ACDC, during his monthly Madison Square Garden it residence was no well. coincidence that the song was The Jack. That's right. He's brilliant. <laughs> he just did a great job on my Instagram live show for my living room last Thursday, and he's here this morning. He actually texted me. I'll be honest here. He texted me about the Hillary Clinton deal today, the Rod Rosenstein deal tomorrow, Barack Obama and his staff uh, on Thursday. So he keeps up with this stuff. He's a big Donald Trump supporter. He's no dummy. No, he's not. The brilliant Jim Brewer, everybody. Jimmy! Jimmy! How are you, buddy? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Is it? Now, I do want to <laughs> clarify that... Uh, Nah, we'll just continue. <laughs> I, I, I should let I should let people know. Listen, I don't want uh, a. I haven't voted and I'm not registered. However, if you can't see common sense, common sense. If you step back and you detach your emotions from your political ties. And you can't see how blatant, obvious it has become who is fighting for their lives and how bad they are crashing economies and killing the cities with the people. When you got someone going, ah, ah, 
Nazi. They're the Nazi. Uh, they're, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a right, he's a, he's a, He's a white supremacist. They are the white supremacist. When you go, it's their, the person placing blame is a coward. They have no morals and no faith. They are the enemies. Always. The criminal never admits they did it. Beware of all these cowards in place that blame point fingers they are being exposed and like snakes rattled in the corner going yeah so well yes. said jim brewer yes. hey, hey speaking of uh, who what they're called the antifa is called anti-fascist they're the biggest fascist organization ever that's since the brown shirts of the 1930s it would be like calling al-qaeda you know bunnies for babies it's just a propaganda <laughs> name I mean, give me a break, anti-fascist. They're, they're, they're the worst, uh, anti-First Amendment, uh, 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 violent bastards in the planet. Yes, but when you have your governor saying, uh, the police, I dare the governor to put on a uniform, and I dare him and the mayor put on a uniform, and you go in a cop car through that crowd that you created. I dare you. And then let's see what words come out of your coward. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you tell him, Jimbo. Oh, oh, love Big it. Jim Brewer here on the Bernie and Sid Show, who really didn't want to be uh, categorized as a supporter of anybody, but then went into this really marvelous I mean, rant as to why. You just can't help yourself you can't if, help you, yourself. if you're, you're a smart guy. Well, he used the two words, common sense, which is also John Katsimatidis, uh, going to be his slogan as he runs for mayor again here in 2020. Hey, Jimmy, uh, when, I was, when you were on my Instagram last week, you brought up that when uh, Cuomo and de Blasio do their briefings, right, all of a sudden, Cowards. they break into yeah. like almost a different dialect, if you will, a different language. We have a no resolution. <laughs> it is called we now control everything. However, we pretend we are here for the people. Now, if you are on the playground with your children, I beg for the people to rat on one another because that is what the communist China do and that is what the Nazis did. However, the other sides are Nazis. We are going to rescue if you don't stand six feet apart, but we will put the weapons in the demons to run the streets and not take care of our society and insist they shall not have guns to protect themselves as we brainwash more and more sheep as we all do for centuries. <laughs> These people are demonic. They are demonic. awful. Uh, you, you put the poor cops out there with, uh, with the, not the proper equipment. I mean, you know, there's a you story. go in there, Como. You yeah. go in there. there. Get your ass in New York City at 11 p.m., punk ass. Yeah, I love it, Jim. Uh, listen, the front page of the New York Post has the uh, Saks Fifth Avenue razor-wired, and they're using, guess what, vicious dogs uh, with the security guards. That's what the cops need. They need, like, dogs. They need some rubber bullets. They need tear gas. They need, they need what numbers. What they need... What they need are real leaders. I, 
I'm begging people to find out who funds your governor, who funds your mayor. Stop watching the news and find out who's loading their pockets and you will get the answers of their tyranny and that are using you to be slaughtered and using the cops to be slaughtered by savages. I dare you. Jim Brewer, man, you are amazing. On fire. Jim Brewer, of course, uh, the brilliant comedian who usually, and he's, he's making us laugh today because of his brilliant delivery, but uh, spends his time making people laugh. But these are not very, very funny times. Although I will say this, Jim, when you Instagram the other night, you were having a party at your house, your daughter or something. And... <laughs> I know you're trying to make me funny. I'm hopped up. I'm hopped up. I have family, bro. Okay? Yeah. I have family. I spent three years in Harlem, and it was the most beautiful time in my life. I, we would talk and talk and talk, and 125th and 5th. And I got to know that community, and they knew me. And I understood it was the, it was the people that, it, it, there's so much more that's going on. They want you to hate one another. Yep. We don't hate one another. Nope. They are enforcing these images. And until people realize it, I'm thanking God because a lot of the communities have now been opening their eyes and realizing that, oh, my God, we're being set up. We are being set up. And you are. You are. It's exactly what's going on. These people oh, absolutely. that are running things, it's not healthy. All right, let's try to be funny. No, the Antifa uh, people. Walking a bar. To, the, the, <laughs> the Antifa people had this thing planned. They were waiting for an incident. They were cocked and loaded. Oh, they were cocked and loaded, and they executed almost perfectly, flawlessly. Uh, but they haven't fooled everybody. Well, that's fine. You can't get all the sheep to listen at once. The sheep, there's many sheep that are going to go into the alligators. They're going to head into the wolves. But more and more and more people that have been going, no pun intended, because I was the goat boy. <laughs> more and more of them are starting to go, hey, man, let's go the other way. It's, it is people have to start. Stop watching and believing everything you see. It's moronic. It's insulting your intelligence. Yeah, they it's... are doing this. This was planned. Come on, you don't fit. First of all, look at the look at the series. First, Biden says, uh, "If you don't vote for me, and you're not black." Then the next day, they're showing a black kid beating up a white veteran in a nursing home. Then the next day is the white girl in the park going. Uh, there's a black man. And then the next video, which, by the way, by the way, I'm just going to put this out there. Okay. You ever, you ever see when a cop shows up in a neighborhood and they're arresting people? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. How many people come outside and videotape? <laughs> Not in my community. Not many. No. I'll tell you what. I live in a nerdy town. Everyone in their mother comes out and yeah, videotapes. Is that right? It's, it's epidemic. My point is, I find it fascinating, fascinating that there is no two to three one-minute straight clear videos of what caused this whole situation. I dare anyone to watch those videos over and over. The only clear vision that shows is when the cop is taking that man out. 
every other angle is far away, it's blurry, and it's all I dare anyone to right now look up that video and there's no why you mean to tell me not one person videotaped that for two three minutes running around how many how everyone's got video cameras i just find that bizarre and they're all like that all all these videos jimmy of all these uh terrible acts these violent acts these horrible acts they're all yeah and they're all missing bits and pieces of what happened next but the guy was handcuffed Yes. No, no, no. We're not saying that. But there's a lot of missing footage there. What I'm saying is I truly believe this was all well planned to create everything that's going on right now. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, listen. This was meant we are unified. They will never want us together. They will never. You're right about that. Black talking to white. They don't want, they want uh, your sexuality divided. They want your race divided. Humans are beautiful at heart. We are, we, we go out of our way to help each other. That's the last thing they want. Uh, You're right. They've already crashed the economy. And I'm going to warn everyone else, this whole tracing thing has nothing to do with COVID. It's another way to crash the economy. If I'm a barber and now I got to monitor everyone that comes in, now what better way to crash my co- – oh, this one's positive. Now everyone that came in there has to be quarantined for 14 days, and everyone you know, and now I don't want to go to that barbershop. That's right. Guess what? You're, That's right. You're putting them out of business. So if you're another sheep falling for this – Meh on you. You're damn right. You're damn right. It is, it's another uh, unattainable hurdle. That... We have ways to make you listen. We have the new unstipend stolen slogan. That's what they are. Oh, that's the totalitarian, right. authoritarian uh, scumbags. Yeah. Better wake up, people. Better wake up. Uh, Jimmy, you did a good job of waking good. people up this morning. As always, a tremendous appearance. Tremendous. Great job. Love we love you. Answer. Jim Brewer. Love is the answer. Yeah. Love is the answer. Well, we love you. Thank you. The great comedian Jim Brewer doing a fantastic job on the Burning and Sid Show, as he always does. You can check him out on Twitter, at Jim Brewer. Instagram, at Jim Brewer, Jim Brewer as well. It's B-R-E-U-E-R. He's a genius, as you can tell. Really funny. And on top of the news as well, special thanks to the great Jim Brewer. All right, folks. Find Jovi on the way out. That'll wrap it up for us. We are done. Again, coming up in about 35 minutes, Brian Kilmeade coming up next. We'll have President Trump right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC coming up at 1034. If you want a twofer with the old good days of the Tuper Tuesdays on 1027 WNEW, you get Donald Trump again on television tonight. Our buddy Chris Ruddy stopped by earlier today on Newsmax Television at 6 p.m. tonight with Sean Spicer. So Trump with Kilmeade and Trump with Spicer. All we're missing is Trump with Bernie and Sid. Yes, uh, well, stay patient. We'll work on that, yeah. But it was a great show today. It was fantastic. Yeah, Peter King was terrific, and uh, Chris Ruddy was great. Jim Brewer, that's an amazing way to end it. It was a grand slam. Grand slam. So uh, we're done. We'll be back again tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday, of course. Bill O'Reilly will be here. Again, kill me with Trump coming up in about 35 minutes. Everybody, enjoy your hump day Wednesday here in New York. Please stay safe. From all of us here on the Burning and Sit in the Morning Show to all of you in New York City, till tomorrow at 6. Peace! Peace!